0: Dude, welcome to the podcast. I- looks like I've got a Pope hat on.
1: When did you do? I don't know how do? I did
0: that with my beanie. <laughs> I just kind of unfolded it, and then I was the Pope. Uh, welcome everybody. Defying the odds. You know, I turned on the news this morning. And they're like, HG Podcast, Ethan Neil Klein. Wouldn't dare show their faces again. <laughs> and I was like, you know okay. what? I'm gonna prove them wrong. Turn off the power. Came down here started the podcast
2: what was that like uh, good Perfect. morning america or uh, it was uh or, yeah
0: it was good morning america wow, was, okay, yeah cool. it was mainstream it was on like channel 2 whatever that is <laughs> nationally syndicated today we have with us the uh Hassan piker a twitch streamer i would even venture to say the most popular twitch streamer that doesn't play games he's a progressive
1: He plays a little
0: he plays a little games we learned but I don't think that's what he's known for. No, but he's a progressive commentator, and um, I really find him interesting because, like, I feel like the space is so predominantly uh, occupied by conservative voices. I find it really cool that there's a progressive who's will- who's able to flourish in mm-hmm. this space. Um, so, so I think it's interesting. I think he's an interesting guest. So I'm happy to have him on, Hassan Piker. Also today. Petty Fresh Release is out. New Summer Drop. (coughs) Sorry. And including the anxiety shirt (laughs) that everybody can't wait to get their hands on. Mm -hmm. You love it. You hate it. Whatever you think about the shirt... One hundred percent. Oh, thank you. Uh, The president is a fan of the shirt.
2: (laughs) I said I love it! I heard you
0: the first time, Donald, and I appreciated it then, too. Look how happy and beautiful they are because they're wearing Teddy Fresh, and you could be that happy and beautiful, too, by going to teddyfresh.com. Look at all these beautiful new items. Color block, quilted jacket, cute AF hoodie. We got some jewelry, and of course, everybody's favorite shirt. I have crippling anxiety. Which, whether if you love it or you hate it, whatever you think about this shirt, 100% of the profits are being donated to Mental Health America. So, it's a win-win here on the H3 Podcast, but there's so much more to see, including the beanies, which are finally back in stock, which have been sold out forever. And, we need members to join right now. Chris Hansen is literally investigating Zach. we learned in the last episode, and we don't know what he's gonna uncover. All I know is that I need young Zach, and I can't allow anything to happen to him. He's way too important. He's way too uh, sweet of a soul. So hit that join membership. Become a member for early access, no ads. Or, I mean, is Zach's going to be having a seat on having a seat with Chris Hansen. None of us want that. Anyway, so let us continue on with our, our interview with Hassan hiker i have to say Hassan. first of all thank you for joining us very glad uh, to have you with us i've noticed that you are occupying a very unique space in the internet landscape whereas twitch and the internet at large seem a lot of like young conservatives have found voices in communities and but but not but there's not many people like you who are kind of uh leading uh, liberal communities I don't know do you use the word liberal I'm not even sure how to describe <laughs> it but like left leaning no, Yeah I wouldn't even consider
3: I don't I don't consider myself a liberal but in the American political lexicon I guess like I'm super liberal that's what they uh that's what Americans think uh liberalism is like the more the more left you are the more liberal you are even though there is a genuine distinction between the leftist and the liberal but mm. yeah I'm, I'm uh, progressive, I guess. That's yeah, the catch-all term. Pro-
0: I like so,
1: progressive.
0: Yeah. It's, who wouldn't want to be progressive? It's in right. the name. We're progressing.
1: Progress. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well,
3: that's why, like, early-stage classical liberals who, like, wanted to rebrand, like, Dave Rubin, for example, who now are very openly on the right and, like, everyone knows it, they originally tried to say, like, they're the real progressives and that uh, the people who brand themselves as progressives, people like myself... <laughs> they were actually regressive.
1: Regressive. Um,
3: hmm. Yeah. Interesting. But it didn't work. So now Dave Rubin gets a lot of money from, you know, just Prager University and numerous other Republican
0: uh, think tanks and whatnot. So now he's just openly a libertarian, as he calls himself. So you've got this community of progressives, which why is it, first of all, that we don't see more more People like you when there's just there's tons of communities and people doing uh, conservative movements. Why is it that, that this progressive thing on the Internet is so rare? Do you have an opinion on that? Um,
3: I think that there's a lot of liberals in mainstream media, like a lot of mm. people who brand themselves as progressive but aren't really all that progressive or will use like the aesthetics of progressive politics to... Weaponize even in some instances against their political opponents, whether that be right wingers or even members on the left, like they kept saying Bernie bros are sexist and racist and stuff like that. Um, Those people occupy a gigantic space in media. Mm -hmm. And uh, because of that, there there hasn't really been a need for alternative, uh, more independent content creators that also uh, promote that kind of commentary. Whereas, I feel like with Fox News, you have Fox News or with uh, AM radio, you have uh, radio broadcasters. But then beyond that, there aren't that many uh, real conservatives uh, in in represented in media, mainstream Mm -hmm. media specifically. That's why there's a lot more people Mm -hmm. out there on the Internet doing their own thing as like independent content creators uh, on the right. Whereas on the left, you don't really see that. And then the most significant reason is because money. Um, there are numerous, uh, there are numerous Republican, or even alt light, or even just like you know centrist uh, commentators on the internet that are pretty fairly established in the right as well, uh, that get money from donors, get money from uh, those who own capital and they'll just uh they'll just keep funding these programs. I mean, you see this in mainstream media as well with like something like The Federalist, which is a right-wing publication. We still don't know who funds them. Hmm. It's hmm. basically a meme at this point in like left Twitter or uh you know, political Twitter. No one knows who funds The Federalist, but it's it's basically like a jobs program for Republican fail sons that uh <laughs> get Republican uh, fail get jobs sons over and over again. Yeah. <laughs> like conservative fail sons who just keep failing outwards, and that kind of that kind of money doesn't exist for the left because the left is one disjointed, disoriented, and also two does not have the same kind of money that uh, that right wing publications have because they're speaking out against the rich pretty openly. Mm. You know, so the wealthy are not gonna exactly. Go out of their way to fund you if you're constantly like, I don't think billionaires should exist. That kind of wealth accumulation is a a systemic problem.
0: Mm. So you think maybe that's where the progressives are even distinct from what would be considered liberalism? Because, like you said, you see liberalism a lot in mainstream media, but but progressivism, which is being not funded to the same degree, is probably, it's just a matter of money and, and the interests of people who have money, is what you think.
3: Yeah, I I think these ideas are definitely very popular Hmm. Um, and they're even popular in circles that you would not expect them to be popular in. If I were to spend 15 minutes talking to a random person who's apolitical about the way that um, the way that wealth accumulates in this country, they would probably at the end of that 15 minutes recognize, yeah, you know what? It is kind of, it is how this system works. It's pretty simple. Wealthy people make a lot of money and they set the rules in a way that, uh, that continues their success. And, uh, there are problems associated with that. Um, and, uh, usually people who don't have that kind of wealth, who are destined to a lifetime of working meaningless jobs or menial jobs, they will never achieve that level of wealth and success, even though it's portrayed to them, or even though it's sold to them as though they will one day become uh, millionaires or billionaires, even though we, every single one of us, no matter how much money we make, and now with Twitch, I definitely make a decent amount of money a month, um, and I'm sure you guys do as well, we are way closer, we're infinitely closer to homelessness than we are to becoming the next (laughs) Jeff Bezos. As a matter of fact, I think even Elon (laughs) Musk is closer to becoming homeless than he is to becoming Jeff Bezos. Like, it's crazy.
0: It's a crazy... Uh, so, but, like, it's, so... That kind of
3: wealth is unimaginable.
0: It yeah, really be- is. Yeah, Bezos is a rich mother, dude. But I'll say this. Like, yeah. Um, so, what is it then, like, what is the ultimate goal, let's say, of, of progressivism? You say billionaires shouldn't exist. Do you really mean that there should be no billionaires? Because it's kind of the antithesis of what the American dream, the whole ethos of what america is right i mean what what really can you do when you say i don't want i don't think billionaires should exist i mean what does that mean so i think that the existence of billionaires is
3: a product of wealth accumulation and uh, a lack of wealth redistribution in all of our economies but the way that, for example, Sweden works or Norway works, they have more billionaires per capita than the United States. Mm. Fun fact that most people neglect to mention. Mm. So, like, I'm not crazy. I'm not saying you know, just go out in the streets and like, you, you know, rip billionaires from their homes and and forcibly redistribute redistribute their wealth. Like, that, that's some people advocate for that, but those people are in the margins, and you know, it's it's something that you should just laugh at and move on. What I'm saying is. We should move towards a Sweden-style economy or a Norway-style economy, which would be a social democracy with robust social safety nets and protections Mm -hmm. for workers like higher unionization rates. A lot of these countries have nearly full unionization uh, rates or they have um, almost their entire labor force under contracts so that even if they are not a part of a union, they're still protected by that industry's uh union backed negotiations in America, that number is eleven percent in a country like Finland. the last time I looked at this, I think it was like around ninety percent or it just it just swings around like eighty to ninety percent so that's a huge problem for workers in this country and I think that you know uh ideas like american the American dream, which is just the dream unfortunately or this notion that like we're all going to become millionaires one day and and meritocracy even is a very successful way of making people feel like as long as they put their heads down and work and listen to their managers listen to their bosses and don't really ask for more then one day they too can succeed and while there are fringe cases of people actually succeeding That doesn't mean that uh, it's going to happen for the overwhelming majority of people that are just a part of the working class, everyday
0: average Joes. So if there's more billionaires per capita in Sweden, how is it that... So this expression, because you said earlier you don't think billionaires should exist, but I guess maybe that's that's hyperbolic. You don't literally mean that. Okay,
3: so do I think that If it was possible for billionaires to exist while simultaneously eradicating homelessness and even making sure that the gigantic wealth disparity that currently exists in the global South or in developing nations, uh, if we eradicated all of that and we still had billionaires, then hell yeah.
0: I see you have a lot of Bernie Sanders swag in the background. (laughs) Is that your guy?
3: Oh, I love Bernie. Yeah, for sure.
1: I love Bernie too.
0: Yeah, Bernie was a uh, that was a beautiful dream. That was kind of an American dream that died there and <laughs> almost came true, didn't it?
3: Yeah. I mean it was a very long shot. I <laughs> I always told the people that watch me, like, look, this is very likely not going to happen. Uh I, I think that it, it is definitely a long shot, regardless of how successful he was or how popular he is, or popular his policies are, like Medicare for All, for example. Regardless of all that, I, I just always was skeptical because I just assumed that every institution, every legitimate institution, legacy publishers, all of that, were would do everything they can to at the very least um
0: at the very least make it seem like he was bad. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But he came so close and then it was kind of almost bizarre how Joe Biden seemed out like he was done. And then all of a sudden, what was it like? North Carolina was just this total shift. No, South Carolina. Oh, South Carolina. Um,
3: yeah, the South Carolina primary is actually pretty significant in the Democratic mm. primaries as a whole. Mm. It's it's a very weird process that we have in the Democratic primaries where the first state you look at is Iowa. They pride themselves on being the first state, and they have a caucus system, which is really awful. I'm not going to get into it. It's a super outdated way of doing it uh, things, and it's undemocratic regardless. But— It's basically Iowa, which is uh, ninety-two percent white, so not reflective of the rest of the United States at all. Mm -hmm. That that really is like the big, uh, the first big race, and then it's Nevada, which is very diverse and definitely more representative of the the demographics of the United States. And then you move. Oh, sorry, Iowa, and then um, wait, I'm messing it up. It's Iowa, New New Hampshire. Yeah. And then Nevada, sorry, and New Hampshire is very white as well. And then Nevada, and then you get to, you get to South Carolina, and South Carolina, especially on the Democratic, uh, side, the the South Carolina voter profile, for the Democratic Party, is super unrepresented, uh, unrepresentative of the uh, uh of the rest of the American demographics as well. So so we have like a very, so we have a very interesting way of. Doing things in the Democratic par- uh, Party, but the South Carolina, the South Carolina primary is uh, the most important one because it is predominantly, overwhelmingly black, hmm. and the black voting bloc is the most significant voting block that most consistently and reliably votes Democratic in the generals. Hmm. So, uh, for example, Representative Jim Clyburn is regarded as the kingmaker because of that. Uh, hmm. Anyone who any anyone who he endorses ends up becoming the president. Um, so that's how Joe Biden really won. He he mm. failed disastrously in the first three competitions, and it seemed like he was out. But he kept saying, "You know, wait till South Carolina. Wait till South Carolina." And it was expected that he was going to win South Carolina for sure, no matter what, right? Um, because uh, people wanted to vote for him in South Carolina. He always looked uh, to be polling. Uh, by a wide margin in South Carolina. And then and then when he did win, there was a three-day streak of just nonstop coverage. The underdog is back. Joe Biden, this guy who's been in politics for like 50 <laughs> years, and it was Obama's vice president, was now the underdog. And uh, just an sea, a sea of endless positive coverage about Joe Biden's chances, followed up by... Every, virtually every single incumbent that was in the race that still had a shot, or not incumbent, sorry, virtually every single other primary opponent that had a shot, dropping out and endorsing it before Super Tuesday, which then really stacked the deck against Bernie Sanders and uh, Elizabeth Warren staying in the race as well, uh, also uh, sullied the progressive uh, base by separating the progressive base. And that's how you got uh, Joe Biden victory after victory In even states in most states that he'd not he hadn't even uh, been to yet in California. He lost, but he didn't even have an office like he had one office that was uh, padlocked that no one had even that no one had even stepped into in months. He went to Virginia once and he won in overwhelming numbers. And part of that is because people were aware of him and they wanted a safe choice. And the media kept portraying him as the safe choice and the one that will beat. Donald Trump.
0: Well, let, and, me, um, let me ask you, as a as a progressive, do you think do you think that Bernie Sanders could beat Trump? And do you think defeating Trump is more important than putting out a progressive that may lose? Where I think Joe has a pretty solid chance now. It looks like of of defeating Trump. What do you think is more important, a Bernie, a risky Bernie, or a solid Joe?
3: Well, that's the thing. I don't think Bernie is risky. Mm. I don't think Bernie was risky at all. It's it's how they were <clears throat> portraying Bernie that made him risky. I mean, think about it. Yeah, you but that like makes Bernie him Sanders risky. Well, <laughs> well, then the problem there is not necessarily Bernie Sanders being a risky candidate in and of itself, It's the but system. rather but it, the media's unwillingness to cover him yeah. Yeah, in but a it's fair still, manner. but,
0: but that's still—you can't ignore that, right? Because just imagine— just imagine his own people, like he can't even galvanize his own side of the aisle because of all of these issues of, of wealth and, equal, uh, you know, wealth equality. So, like, just imagine how stacked it would be against him. Ultimately, if with both, both sides of interest did wealth uh, stacked against Bernie, it would have been, I mean, how could you overcome that? That would be incredible.
3: Yeah, no, I, I, I don't disagree with you. I think that's a legitimate fear that I had if Bernie w- was to become the candidate, even though that was a long shot. I was legitimately concerned with, like, all of these liberal outlets all of a sudden attacking the Democratic candidate Yeah. yeah. Uh, or even uh, fighting back against them in a similar capacity to how uh, Jeremy Corbyn had a sea of coverage, anti-Jeremy Corbyn coverage and anti-Labor Party coverage by all accounts of the media, with only the Guardian endorsing him, but endorsing him with concern. Um, meanwhile, the Tories were openly both anti-Semitic and racist and, and horrible. They, they put up a statue of Nancy Astor, who once uh, famously said that uh, Hitler had the right idea about Jews. In the middle of all of this, in the middle of all of this, uh, Jeremy Corbyn is anti-Semitic coverage. The Tories the conservative party literally put up a statue of a woman who said that uh and and they were still like nope jeremy corbyn is anti-semitic and that is in my opinion that is definitely uh people who are in positions of power trying to protect uh, their their bottom line trying to protect hmm. the the current financial situation that they're in um it's understandable that's what the purpose of the media is that's what the purpose of all of these like legitimate institutions are In a way, it's to preserve order, right? Because if you were to upend the entire system, then that could be a little chaotic. And it definitely wouldn't be great for uh, people in positions of power who have made a lot of money off the uh, status quo. So- when you, um, but when but the set, similar thing would definitely could definitely happen to Bernie Sanders as well, and I was fearful of that.
0: But what? Do you, but, but like, um, what are you so going to support Joe now that he's nominated? Like, where's your yeah? yeah. So Sloppy my opinion Joe, is: look, like I, I'm very him.
3: critical. I'm very critical of Joe. Uh, yeah. I, I've been very critical of him. I was very. I was even critical of the Obama administration when he was president, and um, obviously he's still infinitely better than Donald Trump. So I'm not gonna lie to people or a uh, like or my personal opinion uh, to preserve my personal opinion or like to, to I'm just not going to lie to you. That's what I've been telling people whenever they ask me, like, well, you know, do you think Joe is better than Trump? Like, of course, Joe Biden is mm-hmm. better than Donald Trump.
0: So and what, very, and what, very and few people are worse than him. I think <laughs> uh, I think people take that that statement for granted. Right. Because I hear a lot of people who identify as progressive. Actually, I don't even know, because somehow there's a lot of people that both like Bernie and Trump. And that, to me, is interesting. I guess they just both kind of like the outlier. They want to change,
1: like yeah. a radical change.
0: Yeah. yeah, so a lot of people are like, well, Bernie lost, so I'm not going to support Biden. So when you say that, that yeah, that's insane, Joe I mean, is better I agree that better that's than, Well, it doesn't make sense to me. It Actually, does, yeah. the only way that it makes sense, I think it's a lot of people who are not super politically active or necessarily understand the different who they are but they just like that they're outlier candidates that they represent some kind of different change but when you say a statement like joe is infinitely better than trump what do you mean by that because i don't want to take that statement for granted here
3: okay so what i mean by that is even though there might be marginal differences between Joe Biden and Donald Trump on certain matters where the democratic and Republican party always seem to find bipartisan consensus like American foreign policy or even tax cuts for the wealthy for the most part, which is something that even Barack Obama, uh, pushed forward at a time when he didn't need to, um, outside of that, outside of those, uh, marginal differences, there are gigantic differences, like in the way that a competent administration would handle something like the coronavirus pandemic, or, um, I just don't think that Joe Biden is going to be sending like federal shock troops like the Gestapo into Portland and democratic cities because, uh, he wants to violently squash these, uh, overall majority overwhelmingly a uh, uh, peaceful mm-hmm. and in some instances, not as peaceful protests um, demonstrated by moms and veterans and you know what I mean? And dads and just the old people along with this like boogeyman of Antifa. I, I think that Joe Biden wouldn't do that. And that is, is a significant difference, I mm-hmm. think mm-hmm. between someone like Donald Trump and someone like Joe Biden. So, What I mean by that is marginal differences in policy lead to drastically different outcomes when it comes to the lives of millions of Americans. Mm -hmm. Um, A great example of this, for example, is like under Barack Obama, ICE deportation still continued. Uh, Nearly three million people were deported. Right. Um, But under Donald Trump, uh, Donald Trump changed the direction of ICE. Uh, specifically the enforcement removal, like the, the the removal operations branch of ICE, which is what we know as ICE popularly, um, he changed a rule so that nonviolent, non-criminal offenders were considered uh, were considered for immediate deportation. Like, that's crazy to me. If you've been here for 20 years, you've never broken a law, and you're overall like a law-abiding abuela, And you cross the border with your with your kids in tow, I think it is a horrifically inhumane thing to do to just come into your house, lie to get into your house, which is what ICE does in a lot of instances, because they they don't really have an actual warrant. What? What do you mean they lie? Oh, um, so this is one of the famous things that ICE does, uh, which is why the ACLU and numerous other uh organizations that deal with ICE always tell immigrants. And if there are any undocumented immigrants listening to this podcast, you never, ever, ever need to open the door to ICE. Huh. Never mm. do that unless they have an arrest warrant, and in which case they can break in if you don't open the door and make sure that they slide the actual arrest warrant underneath the door. Really? Because they will portray themselves as police officers when technically
0: they're not, and huh. they will they will openly lie to you to be able to get Are access to into your home. What? Are they allowed to lie and say, like, what do they say? Like, we have a warrant, you have to open? <laughs> um, They'll say they have
3: a—they uh, don't have, like, an actual arrest warrant, but they, they'll show a federal decree, like a piece of paper that looks official, to say, like, this allows me to come into your home and arrest you. That's a lie. They also don't have to tell you—they huh. don't have to tell you that they're not literal cops unless you ask them, who is at my door, why are you here, are you a police officer? They can— they wear, they wear branded gear that says they're police and they're federal agents, but um, technically they don't have the same kind of jurisdiction that police officers do, unless you are in what the ACLU considers to be a constitution-free zone, uh, 100 miles in from every border and every uh, sea line. That's a totally separate conversation, though. But more often than not, in the overwhelming majority of ICE deportations, especially if they are entering uh, the home of someone who is undocumented, but hasn't had any, like, significant felony offenses. Otherwise, um, you don't have to open your door to ICE unless they show you a a valid, real arrest warrant.
1: That's got to be so stressful, just thinking to be in that position, to even have to make sense of that situation at that moment.
0: Well, yeah, yeah. And think clearly, like... Yeah, you would open the door, most likely.
1: And also, what happens if you don't open the door? Do they come back, like, next week? Um...
3: They'll just they'll just move on to someone else usually, Mm -hmm. but um, but they can come back if they suspect you of like actually committing a crime that's beyond just like border crossing Mm -hmm. or avoiding uh, deportation Uh, in that in that circumstance. They could technically go to a judge and try to get an arrest warrant, but. Um, again, that's like, that's proper protocol,
4: mm.
3: but, uh, they don't usually have to follow proper protocol. They could just come in and be like, I'm a cop. Open the door, please. Huh. We need to have a conversation with you or you they, know, whatever, they, whatever they say to get in.
0: Obviously the counter argument to that is just, well, they broke the law. They came into the country illegally. Why shouldn't they be deported? I mean, that just makes sense. It's like, you know, you came in, you broke the law, so you don't belong here. Right. I mean, I mean, that seems pretty cut and dry.
3: Yeah, um, I don't substitute morality for legality. Plenty of unjust laws exist currently, and plenty of unjust laws have existed throughout history. Slavery is a great example of that, where it was, you know, it was a violation of the law to yeah. But how is it unjust?
0: Slave. I mean, don't you believe in, that we should have some kind of border? Do I? How is it unjust? Yeah, I mean, I like, te- that- like technically speaking, I mean, like we have a border and we have uh, immigration law, right? So, mm-hmm.
1: and what about yeah, a kid I, I think that, that, that was you... brought here with a family and now yeah, well, they've already been here 20 years and they have started a whole life here.
0: So if you're saying, I'm just playing devil's advocate, first of all. If you're saying there's a family that comes and has a kid, so the kid's a citizen, right? Because he's born in the mm-hmm. US and then they can deport the parents, but not the kid, right? They can deport the
3: parents and not the kid. Yes, and they do deport the parents and not the kid. The kid is a natural-born U.S. citizen, which is actually something that Trump's administration uh, also wants to yeah. remove yeah. as well. What is a uh, those anchor babies?
0: Yeah, yeah those um, anchor babies. I love that. I'm type. an
3: anchor baby myself.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, so, so uh, is. I mean, sure, yeah, I could see that being extremely uh, problematic. Like, especially when you're dealing. So, what what would happen if ICE came and you have like a two-year-old? Does the kid stay, or does the kid get deported? You Because they can't deport a U.S. citizen.
3: No, they, they don't deport the kid. So, so that's the- actually where the child separation stuff comes from, too, uh, in part, where if you have a child and you are the sole uh, a person responsible for your child and you are an undocumented citizen and they arrest you, then the kid gets also put into the system. And uh, oftentimes care. in like horrific conditions too, which yeah. is what was the big controversy around mm-hmm. like child separation. Um, they'll just they'll just process you as a kid, and so, if there are no immediate family members that come in and uh, take you out of the uh, processing, uh, take you out of one of these uh, child detention centers where you're in, um, then then you're you're pushed forward through the system into a uh, foster care program. So so one of the most horrific things that the Trump administration did, actually, this is another fun but very dark fact, not so fun, is um, they used anyone who would come in to collect the children that uh, were in processing in child detention centers as an opportunity to further prosecute additional family members who were also undocumented, which of course obviously deters family members from Collecting their uh, relatives, their immediate relatives from processing if they themselves are undocumented, because then you have to give up your address and your immigration mm-hmm. status to the federal authorities to be able to come in and, uh, and and take this like two year old, three year old, 10 year old out of uh, a detention center where they're genuinely being tortured. I mean, this is a form of torture, no matter what you yeah. uh no matter
0: what you believe, this is horrifically inhumane yeah um and uh, the trump administration was doing that i totally yeah i agree i mean separate leaving a kid into foster care and separating their parents is totally inhumane but then like evil. so so the the argument right goes a step further they say well you know these drastic measures are necessary because it prevents people from coming over the border having sex getting pregnant real fast and then it's like oh we're all american citizens now so to them the ends justifies the means, right? So, like,
3: um... Yeah, I, that mentality is really scary, because if you can justify that for mm-hmm. something as inconsequential as a border crossing, which was regarded as a misdemeanor regardless until recently, then then what... I mean, the slippery slope uh, logical fallacy that conservatives mm-hmm. love to use could easily be used here, which is, like, then... What won't you justify if that's justifiable? Now, the the real counter to this is something that I hear all the time, which is, well, if you break the law, you get separated from your children. I don't see you crying about that. If you were, I don't know, drunk driving with your kids in the back, then you get separated from your child, except you do have rights in that circumstance. There's a trial, Mm -hmm. depending on how many offenses that you've committed Uh, prior to that with like your DUI, you either get to go free immediately after your process in this, in this circumstance, when you're an immigrant, the crime is not as significant or as severe as like even a repeated DUI offense. And you have all of your freedoms removed all all of a sudden. Now that changed under the Trump administration as well, because uh, Trump claims that uh, catch and release programs would lead to people running away and never coming up or showing up to their court dates even though there's plenty of evidence to show that uh, the most people, the overwhelming majority of people that had court dates would still show up.
0: Mm. It seems to me that people actually do think that crossing the border and starting a life here legally is worse than driving drunk. It seems to <laughs> me that they think that that is like a really serious crime that should, should meet that level of punishment. I think the whole crux of their argument is that I guess in their mind, they think that there's just millions. So, like, I think what's happening is that they think there's millions and millions of immigrants coming, and it's not—it's not even on a small scale. It's like yes, you've got a family member, uh, you've got a kid, and, and all this, but that—that's like the small scale. That's the micro. On the macro level, they see it as a takeover, right? I think people—they really see it as like a immigrant takeover. And it's the... But you kind
1: of, like, I think the problem is that you're just kind of, like, a little bit racist when you have that point of... But I, I, I don't
0: think they see themselves that way. They, they, yeah, that's, No, of course. It,
1: they yeah. Don't. of course. They don't. Of course they No,
0: but, a racist will never you know. admit... Uh, the, the term racism is, is hard because, like, you know, nobody ever sees themselves as a racist. Or, I mean, very few people will just say, like, yeah, I fucking hate Mexicans <laughs> or whatever, you know. Uh... No, they say, they say, well, look, you know, there's so many immigrants coming over here and starting families that it's changing the fabric and identity of America. And so to them, I think that's how they justify it. And so they do see this border crossing as this this heinous crime. And the reason I, I'm, I'm drawing it all the way out, I just want to think it all the way through, is that— um, there It's just how do you even address uh, something uh, that kind of thinking? I mean, how do you even so, find a common ground when when the object is you know white Amer. I mean, white. Can you say white America? I don't know if that's if that's accurate because I'm trying to give them all the yeah, benefits. Uh, American
3: of civic that. nationalism is really unique in its properties. It's not like as black and white. Even though white supremacy is a significant factor in American civic nationalism, it's not overtly white supremacists in the way that you would understand it. I mean, after all, you have people like Candace Owens, for example, who literally engage mm. in white mm-hmm. supremacist racial agitation, but she's a black woman, right? Mm-hmm. Um so how do you how do you uh parse with that if your worldview revolves around black and white when they, it comes to these sorts of issues of racism. I guess they um, just see
0: them as like sav like savages in the kind of like classical otherism, right? Yeah. Just yeah. They're like, look, we're so, America. We're more evolved. We don't want these people.
3: Yeah. So that's actually a, a really good question. And um, you have to ask yourself or uh, rather the people who say these sorts of things, like, why are you so afraid of undocumented immigrants coming in mm-hmm. here? And uh, immediately they'll hit two different talking points. One is crime, right? Undocumented immigrants are Technically, you know, they're, they're running around raping people, MS-13 gangs, they're killing people, they're, they're killing and, and raping nonstop, and that's why they need to be purged, right? And that is not—that, uh, unfortunately for racists, is not uh, something that uh, is reflected in the data. There are people that look into this sort of uh, thing, uh, including the libertarian right-wing uh, Cato Institute that has done comprehensive studies on the matter— that show that undocumented immigrants, partially because probably they're just overtly overly cautious to not get uh, evicted from the country for no reason, uh, are, are less likely to cause uh, crimes. They're, they are responsible for a smaller percentage of the tr- uh, crimes, adjusted per capita, by the way uh with respect to the rest of the undocumented immigrant population than natural born US citizens. Mm-hmm. So if your goal is to eliminate crime, then undocumented citizens is not ah uh, is not something that you would tackle. And they change the goalpost yeah. and say, well, technically it's all a crime because you came over the border. Well, again, that's a cyclical argument because the conversation that we were having is like stopping crime, stopping violent crimes that you originally portrayed. Uh, undocumented immigrants is uh, is responsible for. So um, they don't actually cause so, crime. Well, they, they, well, I think what they would I kinda,
1: say. I kind of really, um, I can tell from my personal experience coming here on a green card, which I know is different, but hmm. like they tell you. Any little wrong thing that you do, you immediately get sent back, and you, yeah, it's scary your green card is removed. So I know when I came yeah. here, I was like, I'm not touching anything that yeah. could be slightly wrong. Like I'm but, not gonna have one drink and drive, or anything that maybe before yeah. I would have thought is, is I'll okay. I'll have a beer.
0: I mean, it's illegal, but you don't want to fuck with
1: it. Yeah, you like you don't want to mess yeah. with anything.
0: But I, I can also say anecdotally that work growing up in California and working a lot of restaurants. A lot of the undocumented workers that are there and they' there's so there's in every restaurant undocumented worker it's just oh yeah it's just a thing that happens I don't know uh, I don't really know it's just a thing that it's there uh, all those people were super law-abiding and like just kind of family dudes who were just trying to kind of earn money and send it back home hard work and people. yeah but what but but I think that the I think the image is that you have a bunch of um, people Broke people coming in, and as you know, kind of uh, the amount of wealth, or desperation, right? More desperation, more likelihood of crime. I think people see it maybe like that.
3: Yeah, even though it's it's completely false. So it's like arguing with a flat earther uh, about you know how the earth is not flat. Is it false it, like that there,
0: is it false that what? poor poor people are more uh, apt not to false. commit no. crime? Poor
3: people. Yes, socioeconomic conditions are the most significant factor of the likelihood that you will cause crime. So,
0: however, it's... there
3: are there are uh, there are obviously different factors, and as Hila correctly pointed out, I think being afraid of the law overall or being overly overly cautious because of your legal mm-hmm. uh, circumstances probably is the real reason yeah. why undocumented immigrants are less likely to cause crime. Now, um, the I wanted to hit a second point as well because it, it just doesn't happen. So I don't know how else to address it on top of that. Like it just does not happen. It's not, it, it's less likely uh, to happen unless you consider a misdemeanor to be the significant crime that you're trying to stop, which then we can have an argument about jaywalking and no one. And I mean, absolutely no one would be like, we need to stop jaywalking in this country. This is a significant problem. They don't mean that. And that's why Donald Trump always says immigrants are rapists. He doesn't say they're jaywalkers, right? So um, the second problem is cultural, as you mentioned, right? America's culture, the cultural fabric is shifting, the social fabric is shifting. Now, that's not a new argument. This is an argument that uh, was advanced against any significant population group that came into the country throughout our history in large numbers. Uh, It was launched against Asian people. It was launched against Polish people, Irish people, Italian people. Um, in the case of Italians, they were correct, but but all jokes aside, this is not a we new concept. We don't like Italians and now. <laughs> I no, thought we I'm like Italians. Kidding. No, no, no. I love Italians. I I went to Rutgers, so it's like, you know, um, I, I say everyone who's ever lived in the tri-state is is, is technically Italian, no oh, matter what their you, ethnic you, background is. Wait, you're is. from
0: like uh, where did you grow up? Like New Jersey area or something?
3: I grew up in Turkey.
0: <laughs> okay, so there's a so I, I grew up in Istanbul. Oh, you grew but up in, uh, there you go. You grew I'm, up there. Uh,
1: my, um, my mom's family is Turkish, too, so. Oh, wow. Turkeys
0: Unite. Oh, Turkeys Unite. <laughs> so, wait, where did you, when did you come to America?
3: I came to America when I was 18 to go to University of Miami, and then so, I transferred from University of Miami to Rutgers.
0: Where's Rutgers? I from Rutgers. Rutgers in New Jersey. Okay, and that's where you grew a distaste for the Italians
4: yeah <laughs> Not at nah. it's, it's, just a meme it's the guido community. thing right
3: yeah. <laughs> it's just uh, uh it's it's called fredophobia yeah, yeah yeah i
0: got you um so, yeah i just uh i was just fascinated by that comment but let's uh yeah go ahead yeah sorry it's, it's my fault but <laughs> as far as the
3: social fabric goes like one this is what makes america a beautiful country it's the mishmash and the mosaic of all these different cultures coming together Otherwise, it would be bland and tasteless like British cuisine. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's just everything would suck if we didn't have so many different cultures come here, bring some of the most talented people here, uh, hardworking, talented people here and and try to make this country better. Um, so that's one. And the other argument uh, as far as culture, this is also documented as well by the third generation. Every single ethnic uh, immigrant population adjusts to american culture this is a little bit harder to this is a little bit harder to analyze but uh, anecdotally you can even uh, recognize that i mean think about it this way how many generations removed uh, are your family ethan like
0: how many how many generations have you been here your family? Uh, my great-grandparents were the were the immigrants so four right um
1: three are here no. or no no well
0: well, I don't, I don't know how, yeah, I guess my grandparents would be the first, right? And then my parents, so I'd be yeah. third.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Do you consider yourself American or yeah. wherever your yeah, family from? Yeah, of course, of course, <laughs> definitely. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So,
3: so that's the point is like by the third, by the third generation. My parents do um, for sure,
0: by the way, also.
3: Yeah, exactly. By the second generation, most people, uh completely assimilate and see themselves American and assimilate to American culture by the third generation. It's virtually indistinguishable. It does not matter if you are uh, Latino. It does not matter if you are uh, coming from any ethnic background whatsoever. People assimilate regardless. It's a, it's a complete uh, it's a completely made up fear mongering, uh, fear mongering idea that like immigrants do not assimilate. And that's why, we need yeah. to stop them from coming in, or they change the American culture. That's silly.
0: Yeah, I think when I
1: think That's a really good point.
0: It is true. Yeah, it is true. I think when people have this fear of assimilation, I think it really is targeted. The de- or when I think about it, it's really targeted towards uh, Muslims now, right? I think the fact that like their religion is different enough to where they're wearing like. Uh, Hijabs and stuff like this. That's also the kind of thing with the with the Jews have this issue where they are wearing the uh, kippa. I feel like just even this tiny little signifier makes people feel like, oh, you're not, you're not one of us. Uh, but yeah. So, but it's kind of.
3: But so what does that there's, mean? There's, that there's data not- on that as well, by the way. If you want me to get into this, yeah. But-
1: what's the data? <laughs> Okay, so Muslim
3: Americans, and this is probably going to trigger the... Can trigger I? Trigger
1: warning. Yeah, you can
0: curse.
3: It's going to trigger the fuck out of some people in your audience, Uh-oh. I know for a fact, okay? Um, are you ready? Yeah. So according to uh, Pew Center research, Muslims in this country are technically more progressive <laughs> than white evangelical Protestants. Now, white evangelical Protestants oh, are I don't have a problem more radical. That. Yeah. They're, that's a more radical sect of Christianity, yeah. Yeah. right? Yeah. yeah. Mm. But white evangelical Protestants have infinitely more political power in this country than most other groups do. I mean, mm. think about it. Why else are we still having a conversation around abortion or gay marriage or, or any number of different issues that are wedge issues that most Americans have decided uh, that the. Uh, Is no longer a problem. Although abortion
0: being the most, I mean, most most religious people are anti-abortion, though, right?
3: Well, you can be anti-abortion, but still, uh, uh, but still recognize
1: that the government should not
0: have a say in the matter. Yeah, it should still be an
1: option for the people who are not religious.
0: Oh, I agree, but I'm just saying. I think correct me if I'm wrong. I don't know a lot of like personally the the stance of of extremely uh, religious muslims but i would think that and but i could say this for jews is that they think it's an it's an abomination to them it's murder right that's why that's why the abortion our uh, conversation is so tricky because they're like yeah, yo that's murder it's not legal was, you can't do it
1: but even in israel it's a country that's half religious mm. you can do abortion it's not Turkey like well. no one is Turkey trying is a majority to uh, Muslim tell, country. That's a secu- interesting. Like a secular person can go and have an abortion.
0: Yeah, because when you think of Turkey and Israel, you think of them as more theocratically focused uh, countries, which they are. Um, yet here in America, that's an issue. I find that interesting. It's,
1: yeah. like, it's because, shocking it's to me but that it's, it's actually not a... an
3: issue. That's why I said white evangelical Protestants make it an issue. Mm-hmm. It's technically not an issue. Mm. 75% of the country... Uh, believe that Roe v. Wade is a Supreme Court decision that should be upheld that allows people to have especially safe uh, first trimester abortions. Mm-hmm. Um, But the real reason why we have this conversation is the 25% that say no, and mm-hmm. that 25% happens to be white evangelical or white evangelical uh, Protestant Christians, or rather they are overrepresented in the, in the no category. But that's mm-hmm. what I mean when I say while they're only like 30%, of the overall religious base, they represent a a, a massive amount of political power because of the Republican Party. So their opinions on LGBT, for example, the LGBT population is overall less favorable and less tolerant than the entire Muslim population in this country. Mm -hmm. And this is shocking, I know, for a lot of people who are like, what? They they, they would never think this. They're like, because they've been conditioned into thinking like all Muslims are super intolerant. But that does not uh that reality does not exist in the data when you look at it um, I actually think in my
0: experience the um the American Muslim population does seem to be in general pretty pretty tolerant and liberal like, i am like yeah i mean yeah. You're, you're, <laughs> I you're, gonna, you're just one example but
1: I was gonna ask so you you are a Muslim right well,
3: I am a Muslim in the way that like most secular jews are are jewish like i i say that i'm i'm culturally muslim i I grew up in a muslim family but uh i don't pray i don't Mm -hmm. do anything i I even eat pork which is the cardinal sin technically yeah yeah and that's the one big (laughs) no-no like even even worse than alcohol (laughs) when's the first time you ate pork um first time i ate pork was when i was younger i don't even remember oh Oh, it wasn't a big
0: deal
1: yeah. Are your parents yeah, no, my, okay with that stuff?
3: Yeah, mm. they're they're my my dad claims he's Muslim, but like he never he, he's like he was a secular
0: Muslim as well. Like, uh-huh. He was oh, just very. Yeah. That seems unusual, and for their generation to be secular Muslim, is it? No, not in Turkey actually. A no, lot of really?
3: uh, a lot in Turkey. Turkey is a secular country, and uh, until Erdogan, who is very similar to Donald Trump. And his, like, 20-plus-year regime, Turkey used to, at the very least, have, like, very secular areas and still does have very secular, very progressive areas within Turkey, like Izmir Istanbul, mm-hmm. and even Ankara, mm-hmm. I'd say. So, um, no, there's there's a lot of Turks who are not religious at all, and mm-hmm. it's mostly someone like Erdogan, just like Donald Trump, using the cloak of religion uh to galvanize his base of support mm-hmm. and doing all these like symbolic things because but, you, um, it's you very
0: popular you I, I mean i look you could say whatever you want about donald trump i'm not here to uh, i'm not even here trying to make controversial statements or getting arguments about trump people but you fucking know donald trump doesn't give a fuck about christianity i mean that guy <laughs> spent his whole life womenizing, partying mm-hmm. fucking prostitutes Sen-
1: i immediately think about shit. like abortion too
0: Oh dude that guy had abortions. I'm sure of it. I'm sure <laughs> For that sure. I mean, <laughs> dude there's no way that Donald Trump wasn't involved in having abortions.
1: So I mean, no, how do people ridiculous. buy that? I don't know,
0: but yeah. Yeah, I don't understand. Well they they not only buy it, they love it. I mean, yeah. they're like that kind of brings me to one thing I wanted to talk to you about, which is the popularity of QAnon. I mean, people oh god so
1: wait you... can we just uh stay on the turkey topic for a second I, sure. i'm curious do you um do you love that yogurt drink <laughs>
0: oh i don't
3: yeah i yeah. love i don't
0: but it's, it's a great. salty uh, i love that i can't i can't handle it i don't like the salty <laughs> yogurt it's weird yeah i feel
3: like there aren't that many like salty drinks in yeah. america or in like western culture but we have shalgam too which is basically pickle juice like, like, same, like yeah it's like spicy pickle juice kind oh my of. god i
1: feel like you would love that Ethan.
0: No, i like pickles but i'm not drinking the juice Maybe it's not exactly should. like <laughs>
3: diluted pickle juice water though it's a little different but yeah we have like i mean idon's huge yeah i, I like idon i don't really get to drink it too much but yeah yeah
1: well, and how is it that you're very like your english is perfect
3: it's american tv like I, I read English books when I was growing up. I was like I was a weeb for America. Okay, I was an America boo. Like that's part of the reason why it was so easy for me to assimilate to the culture here uh, in the past ten years that I've been here, eleven years that I've been here now, because I was just always obsessed with American culture. Watched all the watched as many TV shows as I possibly could in Turkey. Huh. Yeah, and and that's a lot of why your I, um,
0: critics would say you hate America
3: oh of course i'm not kidding <laughs> of course <laughs> yeah well my well, critics also say that i i think 9-11 was good or something they're crazy yeah,
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah i looked into all that in preparation for all this yeah but,
3: cancel um, culture by the way uh yeah. <laughs> exclusively a leftist idea yet for some weird reason republicans love doing it and mm-hmm. manufacturing outrage mm-hmm. yeah
0: there was so weird i don't know yeah. if, you, if but hassan basically was reacting to something and he said jokingly that uh that america deserved he said fuck it america deserved 9-11 yeah but then you went in to explain by the way did you clarify
3: it literally immediately yes, after i was like but how, you are yeah. saying controversial
0: exactly what we did but did you mm-hmm. know you were fucked this, though when you said that because you said in a video no. game afterwards
3: no because everyone was like why did you say that you're gonna get banned <laughs> so i was like what do you mean if you watch mm-hmm. the entire video i go Dude, I'm saying it. Yeah. And then I, I'm like, how is anything I'm saying controversial? We literally armed the same groups and and caused destabilization in the region, (laughs) and then we're shocked when the very same people that we armed gave weapons to, gave training to, turned around and hit us back. Like, how is that in any way remotely controversial?
0: Right. I think I think that's a totally. I think that's a conversation (laughs) that takes place all the time. I think it's just the way you said it. People were like, (laughs) Oh, here we go. The, yeah. We got this Young Turk, and then you're associated with the Young Turks, who, by the way, oh, Alex yeah. Jones calls the Young Turds, which I think is hilarious.
3: Oh, I love Alex Jones. He he apparently did a a, a broadcast of that. Um, I've got of the video. Of I, was mine. Oh. I was hoping
0: to watch it with you.
3: Yeah, I'm so happy. Like, I was so ha- I love Alex Jones. I mean, it's very unfortunate that uh, due to our our completely destroyed public education system in this country, that, like, people... Take him seriously, and then literally act on the psychotic things that he says, and that we can't all we can't all just appreciate him as like incredible content. Oh he my is god, incredible so content. funny!
0: Well, here let me like performance l- art. And yeah, it isn't. Yeah. So, yeah. do you think that that's what it is? Do you think Alex Jones is is a performer? Do you think that that he believes that he drinks his Kool Aid? I think he got
3: lost in the sauce at some yeah. at, mm-hmm. at a certain point. I think originally he had some even decent takes. He was like anti-Bush, anti-police state. He was like <laughs> an old school right-wing right wing libertarian right. that was like actually anti-police and, and anti-surveillance state. Um, and then he made too much money yeah. and got like lost in his own sauce pretty think, much. And I now think he now just followed some the. Of the shit, I, think. I
0: think he just walked the path of of uh, most attention slash success money. Yeah. Yeah. I want to watch this. Dan, how should I do this? The Alex Jones has a whole segment about Hassan, which I, I thought it was so. Uh, what did you, uh, were you so stoked when you saw Alex did a, st- a segment? Oh, yeah. On it?
1: <laughs> yeah it's going to be a highlight. Um,
3: it's immediately after the, the thing happened. But oh. at the time, I wasn't paying attention to anything because I was getting an insane amount of death threats. Like, huh. more death threats than I've ever mm. gotten in my entire life. And I've, wow. I'm used to getting death threats in my really? line of
0: work. Oh, yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> so how First did you, all, how do they deliver the death threats to you?
3: DMs, um, doxing, phone numbers, oh, uh, you know, addresses like there's dox bins with all of my, you yeah. know, uh, there's dox bins out there with like personal information. Just like whatever way that you could, uh, whatever, whichever way they could reach you, they would.
1: And um, how has it affected comments, you in, uh, in your real life? Um, I think they're like when you when you
3: get quote unquote canceled in that way because it was so public mm-hmm. it went all the way to Tucker Carlson Laura Ingraham show Dan Crenshaw was on Laura yeah, Ingraham show that. like crying about it <laughs> I saw um, that. because it's like, I just, dude, come on you're a purple heart <sighs> Navy SEAL you're like literally you're like oh, I'm not triggered but he seems so triggered like <laughs> well, dude, they, you're I, literally on the Laura Ingram show
0: come on you're an adult well they he were like to a
3: fucking twitch broadcast <laughs>
0: Well, because I I saw I watched all that and prep and um, he went on the Laura Ingram show and they were just they were kind of being like, this guy's triggered. That's the definition of triggered. But like, I mean, it's just so because the right you always hear people saying, let's just sit down and have a real conversation. The left just wants to scream and get triggered and all this. But like, really, I do think that, first of all, you can't honestly watch that and not acknowledge that you were making a joke. Yeah, you're being hyperbolic. You're making a joke.
1: I was but, being hyperbolic. Yeah, and, and, but you are and, all,
0: and I didn't mean like the people deserve to die. <laughs> no, that was so yeah, clear. That, that was. was I'm sorry, but like that was just so clear. And then, but, <laughs> yeah. but then immediately afterwards, you you explain what you meant. And so, if people want to have a, I think it would be way more interesting to actually just engage with that argument. But to them, you were just the perfect boogeyman. It's the
1: perfect soundbite they needed. Yeah.
0: It was wild, man. Muslim, socialist, young
3: turks, commentator, like pretty boy. Look at him. He's saying he hates America, and he's admitting it. Like we got him.
0: Yeah, Yeah. exactly. But so you were getting death threats. What was it like uh, proceeding that? I mean, did you kind of disappear from the internet, or just keep business as usual?
4: Well, was that that was so much shit?
0: You were like in the middle of the biggest shit ever. I don't think you can catch more shit.
3: Yeah, no, the only way that it could have gotten worse is because uh, they they put it on Fox and Friends, too. And I know Donald Trump watches Fox and Friends. So I was like, oh, "Oh no, he's going to tweet about this. And I was literally like, if he tweets about this, I'm dead. Like someone will actually kill me. Um, If he doesn't tweet about it, then we're good. And luckily, holy shit, it got the Fox and Friends and it stopped there. And then for weeks and months on end, I was still like, I still get shit for it all the time. It still gets brought up in any conversation that I have with like Fox News commentators or mm. pundits or whatever. Whenever I go on TV, but it doesn't really matter overall. Like, and I was suspended from Twitch. All of those same free speech defenders who always are like, "Wait a minute, let's not, let's not, uh, you know, deplatform this Nazi. He has some good <laughs> ideas. Let's listen to what he has to say." Like people like David Duke and Richard Spencer. I'm not even talking about like you know people at the. At the edges of being a nazi the people who defend all of those guys were up in arms about trying to get me deplatformed very quick hmm. like they That's were, so they were not happened. about free speech at all
0: <laughs> yep. for,
3: for you know something as um
0: something as it's guess, not like you said significant yeah it's not even like like i think well, anyway i i want to watch this alex jones clip <laughs>
2: His name is Hassan. He's funded by Gulf dictators, hundreds of millions.
0: Is that true? (laughs) No. I love all the claims he makes without any hesitation. It's just crazy. He starts by saying he's funded by Gulf. I think that comes
3: from uh, the fact that TYT at the time worked with uh, Al Jazeera in production. like They did stuff for Al Jazeera, but it's like if BBC approached... And we're like, can you produce a video for us? Like yeah. I think we did some like white glove production for him or something. Yeah, but you um, are
0: you even really you're not, as far as I understand it, a big part of the young Turks or maybe not even no I, I'm now.
3: not at all anymore. I just yeah. have my own I, I just do my own thing. But at the time I was a member I was a, a host on the network, so Technically, I guess that's where that comes from, okay. because we because we did like production for Al Jazeera, but like funded by <laughs> Qatari dictators. But so at
0: this <laughs> at this time, you were on your own. No. Oh, you were with no, no, the- no, no, no. This is
3: this okay. is like immediately after. So I was still there. Okay. I left
0: TYT in January because
3: Twitch was getting too big for me to handle on my own, mm-hmm. while also working for TYT with a
0: full time oh, job. I was got it.
3: I was also losing my mind at this stage too because I was doing. Two full time jobs, like six hours a day, broadcasting yeah. on Twitch every single day, and then also working at
2: TYT every
0: day I too. See. It was crazy. Yeah, it seems you made the right play. I mean, but let's, oh, yeah. Let, let, let's 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 continue.
2: George Soros and Google.
0: Oh, George Soros and Google.
1: Okay, wait. Let's play it's more than one much. second.
0: Well, let me ask you. Are you funded by George Soros or Google?
1: <laughs> I wish,
0: man. Yeah, oh, I wish. Man, no. Your apartment doesn't look like it. I'm not... There's jackets just, that say bash <laughs> What are you saying? I don't mean that
2: he's just saying
5: he's like...
0: It yeah, you could they be in a bit. Good you good could good be in a mansion somewhere.
2: 1.5 million question. Armenians. Let me go back. Flush again. Yeah.
0: Oh, let me just start over. Can oh, we enjoy so the clips? Yeah, I'm sorry. Let's Dictator. cut everything out. Ian, start over. <laughs> I'm just going to play it. Except for the George Soros part and all that leading up to there. Okay?
4: <laughs> all right, you're set.
2: Gulf dictators, hundreds of millions. George Soros and Google. He wears jackets that say bash fascist.
0: I'm sorry. i got to stop again. <laughs>
2: Bash! What is what? wrong with hating
0: fascists? <laughs> I never. I just don't understand that point. Bash! Yeah, I mean, aren't we supposed to I, I, I hate fascists? As
2: a club in his hand. He's We're a supposed
0: young to t- hate fascists as Americans.
3: Yeah, yeah, I know. I, I don't get it. And then they'll <laughs> then and then they'll say like, Antifa is the real fu, is the real fascist. Okay, then still bashing the fascists in that circumstance is still good. No, like I don't get it.
0: I thought fascism was no like sense. the antithesis of everything America stood for. Yeah. But apparently, it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be. Okay, I'll try not to pause, but there's just. (laughs) It is. uh,
2: Turk. (laughs) They tasted the blood of 1.5 million Christian Armenians, and they'll taste man flesh again. (laughs) (laughs) What the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) If they have their way. What the fuck? (laughs) I'll submit. Turn your weapons in to the nephew of Turd Breath, Sink Turd Turd breath, Breath, Hassan Pecker what is he even saying pecker. Oh, he called him
0: pecker but it's obviously piker
3: yeah it, it's not even like a, it's not even like a turkish sounding last name yeah it's normally piker but still like it, it's pretty funny that he's he's going out of his way to deliberately pecker. uh you know mispronounce it which i love
2: yeah. I, I just i love all of that great.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and are you okay let's continue can't
2: make up that name <laughs> That's his name, Hassan Picker. Picker. <laughs> and if you're a radio listener, you can't see it. What's funny? About he's got that his name? red stars, his Antifa flags, his communist flags, and he's got his baseball bat, and he's going to call you a fascist, even though he's funded by the Nazi collaborator George Soros. What? And he's going <laughs> to attack your daughter like they did out in.
0: Are you planning Portland? to attack anyone's daughter? <laughs>
2: That's my favorite part because he
3: just <laughs> reveals his true fear, which I always joke about, which is like immigrants are coming to fuck your daughters. Like right. I mean that's 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 what he's worried about. He's worried about uh he's worried about his like daughter wanting to have sex with me when she's uh, what it allowed mean? to when she's like eighteen plus. What does it mean that <laughs> they're yeah, what afraid? Does
0: it mean? I mean if they're so if, if I mean they they're intimidated by the they think the older women want to fuck these... These. They can't compete. I mean, it almost sounds like he wants to fuck you.
3: <laughs> oh, yeah. No, it's great. Um, the, well, the, the reason is, like, that's what white genocide comes from, right? right. And this is, uh, again, not new. Racist. It's a very old concept. That's also deeply tied to anti-Semitism as well. It's like that Jewish people like George Soros are opening our borders so that white genocide will happen. Um, that's the that's the oldest Nazi uh, propaganda in the book, and um, they think that miscegenation, like race mixing, is white genocide because whiteness is purity in their minds. So when you taint the blood pool with non-whites, then your you, white people are diminishing. It's not good
1: enough even for his daughter.
0: To. Yeah, but his
1: daughter yeah. wants it. Otherwise, right? But for him, it would be a shame.
0: Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, but racist. He wants to. Well, yeah, but you know, he she wants it. What he wants it, but
3: he he just hates that he wants. Yeah, to. yeah,
0: he like, wants fuck.
2: it. I need to control my urges. Friggin'. he's gonna chase women down. That that's what he's pushing, and and uninterrupted for the Young Turks members. And this is the sexy death porn, the sexy terror porn. What? <laughs> Wait, he really wants to fuck you,
0: dude. Now I'm convinced. Why is he making it so sexual?
3: I don't know, but it's awesome.
0: Sexy death porn. (laughs) Jesus, Alex. Man, this guy gets into some weird shit in his private life. You know what I mean? I guarantee it. Oh yeah. I could see Alex being one of those people that like hangs himself and jerks off right to the point of death. (laughs) Oh, for sure, autoerotic
3: asphyxiation, one hundred percent. I mean, yeah. when he said, like, he's like, "I'm gonna eat my neighbors."
4: I'm gonna eat
0: them. <laughs> I love. I'm that. gonna eat your ass. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna, yeah, uh, totally. I'm coming for you. <laughs> sexy death porn. I would change is? my 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 whole slogan to sexy death porn. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what I do.
1: I have to say, for someone so crazy like him, it's really impressive, like that he managed to have like this cool set behind him and. Yeah, it's it just such a weird mixture like it it really is presented like a real show
0: well he's pretty organized to put <laughs> yeah, it all like, together yeah yeah i don't know and he's got all these well, he crazy makes a products a lot of money
1: yeah. he, he, he
3: ties his conspiracy te- theories directly to merchandise so right like That's when awesome. he talks about the, the frogs uh <laughs> when he talks about like fluoride in the water turning frogs gay then he'll immediately do a quick Shout out to, like, his uh, purifying water straws <laughs> that he's selling on his website for, like, you know, a, oh a fucking 10x up mark. So that's how he makes all the money is, like, that's so he, awesome. he, he tells you about how the world is ending. Yeah. And he sells you products that will save you. And, I,
0: and meanwhile, by the way, when he's talking about George Soros and all this anti-Semitic shit and all these and I gotta always deal with all these people my whole time, no matter anything I do, every time we do anything and make any money, it's all about, oh, I'm Jewish and I'm greedy. And meanwhile, Alex Jones is literally saying, if you don't want to turn oh, yeah. gay, buy this. It's like everything he does is to peddle shit and make money. And oh, yeah. But somehow, every, any time I try to make money, it's because I'm Jewish. Like, like, I'm the only person that wants to make money in the world. Thank yeah. you. Just anti-Semitic tropes. hmm Yeah. Well, um um he he recently got actually the fda shut him down because he was selling shit that cured coronavirus <laughs> oh yeah, no he was, way he was selling toothpaste.
3: Yeah. yeah he was selling toothpaste that wow. uh, cures
0: coronavirus
3: that's wow. even though even though it's fake so i don't know is well, it fake how could you know or are you selling toothpaste to, to cure it
0: <laughs> <laughs> how could you know if you haven't tried the toothpaste yeah. this is true how dare you accuse him of selling fake products
2: and their desperation as America's pulse comes back and as we stand up against the chaicoms and defend the Second Amendment and rediscover God. I think God someone just edited it. In. Hassan Pecker.
0: Why does he have so much trouble with your name? It's ridiculous. It's Piker. It's, it's so really obvious.
2: not
1: a trouble yeah. No, say. <laughs> he just wants to
0: call him Pecker.
1: No, he just... Oh, yeah.
0: Well, pecker means penis. I don't know if you. Know
1: oh, that. I don't know yeah. that. Oh, okay. They say
0: you got a little pecker, okay. like a little so penis. He's clearly doing yeah, that. Yeah, he's doing a goof. But,
1: but again, that America deserved it, that. Even goes again to the sexual.
0: Right, he's obsessed with you, dude. <laughs> Alex wants to fuck you. I'm sure of it. Oh yeah.
2: <laughs> Eleven close quote, praises brave soldier who took Representative Crenshaw's eye. <laughs> I mean, yeah. If you just heard
0: that, you'd be like, "Wow, this guy's crazy." But that's not at all <laughs> that what was a, happened. That was
3: a that was a fun little uh, bit there as well. So that was what actually got me banned from Twitch. Hmm. Uh, is my statements on that when I was talking about brave mujahideen? That was a direct reference to Ronald Reagan, and exactly what I was talking about, which is the mujahideens that we armed. And some of them turned into – some of them went into the Taliban. Some of them went into Al-Qaeda. And, like, that's a direct reference to Ronald Reagan-era policy that was at the heart of my criticism to begin with. And there's that famous Rambo three ending sequence. Yeah, I'm pulling that up right now. Yeah, the famous Rambo three ending sequence that says this movie is dedicated to the brave Mujahideen. (laughs) It is, in my mind at least, like, one of the perfect representations of how American foreign policy always comes back and – Bites us in the ass, but it is deliberate. So the- I think that it's on purpose. And that's precisely why, uh, for example, Representative Dan Crenshaw uh, cried about all of this stuff on national television, on like some of the most uh, watched news programs on the-, on the planet, while simultaneously vetoing efforts or simultaneously voting no uh, uh, on-, on literally arming Saudi Arabia. So some of those arms have directly went back to the hands of Al Qaeda. Why would by we by way just, of Saudi Arabia? Yeah, that. that so that, that, why the fuck f- would you say no to that?
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, I don't understand. That's
3: the question I want to ask him. <laughs>
0: I don't. I, I, that's one thing I win. don't understand is how it's how is it a partisan issue to sell arms to Saudi Arabia of all fucking places? I mean, weren't the majority of people who did the 9/11? Uh, Hijackers, yes. They were Saudi Arabia. And they Arabian. have connections to the royal family as well. Yeah. yeah. I mean, what are we talking? What are we talking about here? Uh, is, shouldn't that yeah, be like the conservatives? they're currently conservative... engaging
3: in genocide in in Yemen, which uh, even PewDiePie raised uh, funds for mm. recently. I think, really? right? So, didn't he? Didn't he raise Shazam funds for like the the current genocide, ongoing genocide in Yemen? He may have. He perpetrated wow. by stuff.
1: I did not know yeah. about
0: that. Yeah. So yeah. how is perpetrated it, maybe... by Saudi Arabia with mm. our weapons? Mm. Maybe you can tell me. Obviously, they have some justification, you know, they 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 whatever they're doing makes sense to them. So I'm trying to give them the benefit of the doubt. How is it that they justify arming Saudi Arabia? How is it that they think that's in our national interest?
3: Oh, Donald Trump already uh, openly stated it. He said, do you have 10 billion dollars? If you Just remember money. when Mohammed bin Salman. Well, was what about being a guy
0: like Dan promoted. Crenshaw? How does he justify? Well, they don't need to. There, there are
3: there are allies. There are most important they're allies. It doesn't allies. matter if they're because yeah. ultimately they're just like killing other Muslims. So it doesn't really matter. And they're I- incredibly important for our geopolitical interests in the region. Mm-hmm. And uh, despite the fact that <clears throat> a lot of what we recognize as like radical Islamic terror or whatever <clears throat> is directly influenced by Wahhabi extremism, which we propped up as Western nations both. Uh, the U.K. and uh, uh, the United States of America propped up in the region are 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 all backed by Saudi interests. So all those like radical sects are, are being trained and and uh, given weapons to indirectly by the United States and directly by Saudi Arabia in most circumstances. But it's uh, it's a never ending cycle of violence that benefits the military industrial complex. So it's good ultimately. And also they have oil.
0: They have mm-hmm. oil. But anyway, the meme I, that you were saying, the brave soldiers, is this incredible? It's hard, It's actually incredible that this was the ending sequence of Rambo Three. It says this film is dedicated to the brave muhad Mouha, Mouha, Mujahed fighters, and these guys were the guys. Tell me about the uh, about the uh, legacy of the Mujahideen fighters.
1: You're not saying so you're right. They are. I'm trying my uh, best. They're, <laughs> they're,
3: they're they're fighter troops in the in the region. And they were fighting against the USSR at the time, and that's why we armed <laughs> them, because it. we we needed them to fight against the USSR in the region, in the Cold War era, yeah. and then some of them uh, became more, uh, some of them decided, you know, well, America is bombing the shit out of us too, <laughs> well, fuck them, and, and the simplest way to describe it is that they, uh, much like ISIS and every single other militant faction, um, formed more radical and anti-Western uh, militant factions
0: with American training and American arms, and then started fighting America. Hmm. So it's kind of it's kind of a a beautiful irony, isn't it? So that's why you were, well, that's what it, you meant it, when you said the brave fighters.
3: Yeah, and it, it would be ironic if it. I mean, it after like the seventh oopsie, you got to recognize that it's probably just being done deliberately so that you can justify further. Uh, engagement in the region and further destabilization in the region because it Mm -hmm. keeps happening. We keep arming a certain sect or a certain militant group. And this happens in Latin American countries as well. Uh, We arm a certain group. That group becomes even more violent. There's even more destabilization, especially after like bombing campaigns or sanctions that kill hundreds of thousands of people like in Iraq. And then. That militant group is like, well, now it's our territory. We can just take over and do whatever the fuck we want. Yeah, I mean, and they but
0: they get even more radical. What happens when you give the craziest people military weapons and training, and then just let them do their thing? I mean, yeah.
3: in a lot of instances, it's not even it's not even uh, directly a consequence of their like ideology or Islam or whatever. It's just it's literally that they just have no other options. If you grew up in Iraq and your entire country is bombed in the shit, your infrastructure is is eviscerated, you have no future opportunities, you have no options, and your family members have been killed, then then they feel like, well, this guy who is a little bit crazy, definitely real crazy, uh, it, you know, preaching all this hatred towards America, maybe he has some good ideas. And that's how they find, that's how a lot of people find themselves at the precipice of radicalization, like Taliban uh, increased its numbers and in influence in Afghanistan after the, uh, the American invasion, which of course is not that surprising. And that is despite the fact that uh, the, the uh, American forces there killed a fuckload of uh, members and yet their ranks are stronger than ever. And now America is negotiating with them as a legitimate entity in the, in the country. Like, they are a powerful and legitimate force now, almost directly as a consequence of American imperialism and destabilization in the region.
0: How many, um, how many Iraqis died in that, uh, that George Bush war?
3: Um, I'm not sure about the exact number that's always in contention, but paired up with, like, Bill Clinton era onward sanctions, like, the immediate sanctions were, I think, 500,000. But uh, I'm not entirely sure. They say to the tune of millions. Um,
0: That's crazy in well, Iran. Yeah, like you don't, you don't, you don't understand that. Yeah. Like millions of people died from that. Of course, they're going to be pissed off. I mean, what the fuck? That's crazy. But are we yeah. saying? Are we talking about like just generally from the conflict? Are we talking about as a as a direct result of of American military action?
3: Um. So there's there's direct American military action that uh, kills people, and then there's drone striking and things like that that also kill people. Some of those casualties are regarded as like enemy combatants and hostile. There's a distinction to be made between civilian casualties and enemy, uh, like hostile enemy uh, uh, kills in combat. But then there's also sanctions, so cutting off, uh, cutting off aid, or ensuring that uh, the country can no longer participate in the global economy. Um, These are really harmful as well. Uh, One thing that, for example, Trump did to Iran uh, Mm. with the sanctions was during this coronavirus uh, pandemic, Iran didn't have access to medicine that they desperately needed Mm. um, and, and they could not get it. So anyone that dies technically is dying as a consequence of American sanctions in that circumstance. Same with Iraq. And, and the death toll is always in dispute,
0: and it Dan, will always be in dispute because of the distinctions that I just mentioned. So, Dan, how, much, how many people died as a direct result of military action? Dan? I'm curious. Yeah, Dan, I mean anyone who can just kind uh, of pull up the number. I mean,
3: according to the Middle Eastern Eye by Nafiz Ahmed, this was four years ago, but landmark research proves that U.S.-led war on terrorists killed as many as 2 million people, but there's a fraction of Western responsibility for deaths in Iraq wow. and Afghanistan over the last two decades. 2 million? The number— yeah, the number ranges uh from 2 to 4 million. Wow. I mean, think about it this way, even American military, like we 7,000 American troops have died since the beginning of uh, Afghanistan and Iraq. 7,000.
0: I mean, that's a lot of combat, so- especially considering how well equipped and and uh how well equipped that they are out there, right? I mean, that's a lot of yeah. that's a lot of combat, for sure. But what does Alex Jones think about all this?
2: Oh, when you go to a Young Turds event, are, I love that you, that you call them Young Turds,
0: cra- dude. I'm sorry, but that that <laughs> cracks me up. Obviously,
2: don't yeah. have any viewers, but it's the Google set. It'll be the Google event. So let's hear from Mr. Picker. <laughs> Here he is.
0: His set is amazing.
2: Yeah,
3: this is so insane.
2: Oh, hit America pause, hit deserved. pause, back it up. I forgot, he's real jealous that Joe Rogan, who, by the way, is a super libertarian right-winger, he just knows how to, you know, survive in L.A., I guess. Really <laughs> smart guy. <It's> <laughs> mad at Joe because he's as yes. smart as I am or smarter. He knows all this <clears throat> stuff, obsessed with it. He knows more than I do in some cases. And he plays dumb, and I've told him to his face. But anyways, he has <laughs> the congressman on, and Pecker is mad that... He has this tiny audience, so he thinks, well, I'll attack him and say something really scandalous. And then all the meth heads and and child molesters that watch my show, literally. Meth heads and child molesters.
3: (laughs) Yeah, that's that's my audience is meth heads and child molesters, I guess. (laughs) Jeez. I think I'm
2: powerful. Oh, you're such a big man, Hassan. (laughs) I mean, look at Hassan's flabby arms. What? I bet he's got some big old giant bitch tits. <laughs> Dude, he totally
0: wants to fuck you. You big ass bitch tits. Yeah, he's like, oh yeah. I Just love. Take that shirt off.
3: Just take that shirt off. Let me see those bitch tits. Maybe maybe suckle on them real, real quick.
0: <laughs> I love you that, know, that he like. Suck in. I love that he on one hand is trying to do serious political yeah. commentary and then on the other is saying this guy has big old bitch tits.
2: <laughs> A master of his craft.
3: Yeah, is yeah. how I do.
2: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I'm sorry, it's a family show. Just, just, just go ahead and roll this.
1: Can't this is
0: a family show.
2: show. Oh part. God, help us! If there's family sitting around
0: watching Infowars, that's Wars. a
3: family show. Like saying that you know uh, my audience is pedophiles and meth heads, or, or talking about <laughs> yeah. intergalactic psychic pedophile vampires. Man. That's a part yeah. of the family show. But bitch, using the word bitch or saying <laughs> bitch his thats when it's like, oh no, this is. This is now rated R. <laughs>
0: I'd love to see what families gathered around watching this. Fuck.
3: This is so insane. America deserved 9-11, dude.
0: F it. I'm saying it. We're there to partner with them. We're not there doing our own thing. We're there partnering and training. In a video and game. And and, and, and Tim, and why, so you said in a video <laughs> game right after. Like, you, it looks like you knew you fucked up and you're, like, in a video game.
3: Because everyone was like, whoa, I can't believe you said that. So as soon as I saw that, (laughs) I was like, okay, in a video game. Like, I I say that for everything. Like, anything that is regarded as, like, controversial or can be clipped out of context, I
0: always say that. It's a
3: meme in and of itself at this point.
0: uh, Like, in order not to avoid terms of service. America deserved 9-11 in a video game. (laughs) It's just so ridiculous. Does it work?
3: Uh well I got banned so <laughs> I don't know
0: no I don't think no. capabilities so that that's part of what we're doing and the other part is just knowledge we want to know what's happening but we if we, we f-
3: totally brought it on ourselves dude holy sh-. we did we f- did in a video game whatever
2: politically, politically hey, pause f- again did. back it up ten seconds oh like the Armenians deserved because they were there before the Muslims took over Constantinople and then you drove them into the mountains. But because they were Christian, they became still super wealthy because they were such good people.
0: Isn't it interesting how he's all interested in, like, genocide and minorities? Yeah. Well, first
3: of all, what I don't understand is, like, I've never denied the Armenian genocide. Like, I've never denied it. But it's the most common attack after the 9-11 stuff that people launch against me where it's Mm. like, oh, yeah, shut up, Armenian Genocide. And I'm like, what? Like, when? When <laughs> have I denied it? Like, I've never denied it. As a matter of fact, it was so routine when I first got on Twitch because of all the uh, annoying little shitters that came in just to interrupt the broadcast that we made like a we made like a a, a, a ticker to figure out how many times in one broadcast where people would ask. And <laughs> there's an automatic video that, uh, that people would be redirected to to click on where it says, like, the Armenian Genocide happened. Uh, me just saying that so that uh, they would uh, understand that I don't deny it. Very strange overall, though. I mean, it doesn't really matter. They don't really care.
0: No. They don't care about yeah. the genocide,
3: and they they don't no. care uh, that I have never denied it, but whatever.
1: Yeah.
0: It's interesting that just the very fact that you're Turkish somehow uh, it, it somehow discredits anything <laughs> you yeah. could ever possibly it's like, say. It's like if you talk
3: to every single German person and you were like, like any any person of like german descent or any person who's like german yeah. you're like oh, well, of course you you're a holocaust I like that would be insane <laughs> that would be insane if you were to just say every single german american is is uh, denying the holocaust yeah. that would yeah, be psychotic
0: that, no i agree that would that would just come off weird and wild but somehow i guess maybe the difference is that like the turkish government or uh, correct me if i'm wrong i might be speaking at a turn but in general i think like the Turkish government does not acknowledge that that happened right. So maybe that's why it's
3: different. Yeah, they do not. Yeah, yeah. um, they don't. and they always redirect to uh, America's genocide. <laughs> They're like, why should we recognize anything when America never recognizes like the genocide of the indigenous population and stuff mm-hmm. like that? Like it's it's constantly redirected. There's a political reason for why they don't do it because then they have to recognize like uh, the the mistreatment and even in some instances, genocide of Kurdish people like ethnic cleansing of Kurds and things like that. So it would, they're worried about a, a, a slippery slope. In my opinion, it's ridiculous. They should. And, um, and, and they have offered restitution secretly and quietly hmm. instead, just, just recognize it, but they will never do it. And by the way, Turkish people get mad at me, even in some instances when, like I uh, openly talk about it where they say like, I'm, uh, you know, I'm I'm compromised, I guess. But <laughs> so that does it, seem... its definitely not a part of our education. Yeah. Like they, they mm. certainly uh, talk about so uh, how it's not that... real and how the Western media lies about it.
0: Mm. Yeah, that's that's pretty sticky for sure. That's tough. Mm. So so, yeah, that discredits everything you ever have to say. <laughs> yeah.
2: And so you're named after the group that murdered them and you've got a club, and you say you're coming for us. Yeah, are you a fa- he just admitted is- he's a fascist.
0: He literally yeah. just said you've got a club, and you said you're coming for us.
4: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> Alex Jones is a fascist. He just said it. <laughs> Maybe it's not that big of a revelation.
2: Psychopathic worm. <laughs> we f- did, man. We did. Holy s***.
0: Dude, his eye patch is so epic. <laughs> how does that thing even work man
3: i, do, I agree I, I totally agree i think it's like one of those looks like a video. maybe band. the the reason why i was more careless about his disability uh when i was talking about it because like that's another point of contention is like i i i said some fucked up words that i'm not going to repeat now because like that's actually what got me banned. but mm. um because veterans uh, on Twitch are a protected group and also disability, because I was making light of his disability. But the reason why I, I just legitimately thought, like, everyone universally
0: agreed that eye patches make you look cool. But in his respect, I've never seen an eye patch like that. Like, how is that physically on him? I mean, he looks like a fucking video game character. It's badass, bro. Yeah. Almost, almost makes me want to lose as, an as eye. Much
3: as, as much as I think. Uh, uh dan kernshaw is terrible <laughs> i can't deny that that is the fucking badass patch, dude. There you dude yeah. like, common ground
0: you see it's beautiful yeah
2: holy f- <laughs> he's so intellectual
3: look at the way that this dip is running his f-ing mouth
0: he just called you he just said you have fat bitch man bitch tits and he's making fun of you cursing
3: <laughs> justifying genocide right now like how how is this how is anything i'm saying controversial
0: oh so there you have it uh alex jones so that part is that part is censored
3: on twitch because i was that was made for me to watch but that's uh, uh. that part was censored by uh, a fan-made edit but that's the part where i say like the brave mujahideen skull fucked them uh, and like now even even after all of that like how do you not understand that like war has all of these casualties and and you're sending so many people to die mm-hmm. and that's what i mean when i say like you know six thousand seven thousand uh men and women have died if you don't care about the millions of casualties because you know they're over there and that's uh that's just war and why the fuck don't you care about the trillions of dollars that we spent and also the thousands of of kids that have fucking died on the american side even mm-hmm. and, but they don't and and that's uh, very
0: frustrating. Yeah, know. that that part about skull fucking his eye was pretty wild, but it was obvious to me that you were just making a tasteless joke. I mean, you know. Yeah. But, but well, know. yeah, for sure, of course. Uh, but uh, that that definitely the delivery wasn't great on that. I I will admit. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, what do you think of someone like Alex Jones being deplatformed? Then I'm curious what's your what was your take on that?
3: I think that um, as a. Polarizing content creator myself, uh, especially in the leftist uh, side of things, I'm constantly under the threat of deplatforming. It's always in the back of my mind as well. It's always something I fear because oftentimes um, these platforms will these platforms will go after like far right figures and then immediately to be like perfectly balanced, they'll go after far left mm. individuals as well. Mm. And I would be regarded as a far left individual. So this is something I'm I'm constantly in fear of, but I think that once you redirect, once you deliberately misinform people over and over again, and that's how you make your money, mm-hmm. and then you redirect your hatred towards like some of the most marginalized groups, and even in certain instances, like have victims and their families yeah. of school shootings get harassed yeah. by an endless sea of very well armed psychopaths, like. <laughs> Then, unfortunately, it's no longer content that I can appreciate. Mm-hmm. It does genuinely present a danger to the public, and um, and it's unfortunate because I love and appreciate Alex Jones. My subscription notifications on my stream are Alex Jones. Yeah, uh, I've noticed trope. that. Yeah, like and and so I, I do. In,
0: in short, you are pro deforming <laughs> Alex Jones because you see him as a threat to public safety.
3: One hundred percent. Yeah. Now, there is an intellectual argument there of like, well, how do we define who is a threat to public safety? Or once you once you concede that some people can be deplatformed, then won't that happen to you? And I certainly agree with that. It can. But we as human beings, I believe, have the capability of looking at each individual case, hopefully, uh, appropriately, if you have an idealistic notion that like, all speech should be free, which no one does, really. No one is, like, technically a free speech absolutist. That would be insane. Um, Even the American Constitution has exceptions that limit speech, like yelling fire in a crowded theater, or making violent threats, or even fighting words, which is a specific um, carve-out where, where, like, uh, retaliation could be justified for some of the words that you uh, say. Um, No one is a free speech absolutist, but but for some reason, when it comes to Alex Jones or whoever's on your side or who you feel to be on your side, uh, most people end up uh, defending them and saying, like, no, uh, this person should not be deplatformed. You're being crazy. Um, but I think that if you are presenting a threat to the public and there are legitimate there is legitimate harm caused by the people that follow you because of directly a consequence of your words, like I think then you either have to dial it back Mm-hmm. And and no longer present a threat to the public, which Alex Jones does not seem to be interested in doing, or you get deplatformed.
0: Did you find it, I guess maybe a lot of people found it creepy how every they kind of colluded, right? Like, YouTube and Twitter and Facebook all dropped him at the same exact time.
1: I didn't yeah. think that was creepy. I think that just shows that there was actually a lot of thought put into it. They pro- and
0: well to them they see it as these big companies colluding meeting in a shadowy room and deciding to squash somebody
1: yeah, fine I mean if you think that the I world think is a says... comic book you
0: know well they do I mean look at QAnon they do think yeah. the world is a comic book
3: yeah there is
1: definitely Maybe there's too many comic a simpler
0: explanation movies.
1: comic book movies it's Uh-oh, getting don't into don't people's that, head Yla.
0: if you really want to get cancelled there is.
3: there is definitely a there is definitely a, a simpler explanation for this, as is, uh, um, as is the case for most grand conspiracy theories that people come up with, and the simple explanation is these platforms are very risk averse. Yeah. Once uh, one platform decides to engage in this kind right. of uh, censorship or deplatforming, all other ones are like, oh, thank God, okay, we can do it as well, and right. that's why they yeah, coordinated man, it together sense. in that way. Yeah.
0: I'm not um, even sure they coordinated. I think it, it may have, and I, I could be totally wrong, and maybe, maybe it's known what actually happened. I don't know. But I think what happened is probably someone decided, I think it was Facebook, or I think it was Facebook, that decided to cancel them first. And then everybody was like, saw what was happening, and then followed Yeah.
3: yeah. I mean, companies do this in oligopolies uh, in a legal way, uh, in this way called price leadership. It's not price fixing, per se. If you fix prices in a shadowy room, that's illegal. But if you engage in price leadership, like, for example, Delta Airlines decides to, uh, I don't know, add on additional fees for luggage, then all of the other companies that also hold a gigantic percentage of the market share will follow and will readjust their prices. So it's technically legal. It's, it's similar to how Facebook will ban Alex Jones and then other companies will follow suit if they, if they uh, feel the need to do so. That's, that's pretty much what happened here. And I don't think anyone uh, would disagree with me when I say that there is definitely a monopoly in the tech space. There are plenty of monopolies in nearly every vertical that the tech space operates. That's why there was an antitrust uh, congressional hearing that was held like a couple weeks ago. Um, so so- I'm, I'm just excited that uh, all of these free speech defenders are now uh, coming to terms with the dangerous uh Power that uh, tech monopolies hold over our communication and, and numerous other parts of our lives. So I'm always in favor of antitrust. I'm always in favor of busting some trust. So let's let's get after it, guys.
0: So if we, uh, if you, if we're saying Alex Jones should be deplatformed, let's say let's let's step back a little bit and look at someone, let's say like Ben Shapiro, who has maybe let's say you could interpret some of the stuff he says as hateful if you are so inclined. So at what point do you say, do you think Ben Shapiro should be deplatformed?
3: No, you know, maybe some people would get, maybe some people would disagree with me on this, but I think Ben
0: Shapiro plays
3: a role in radicalization on the internet. I even think, and you guys might disagree with me on this. I think Jordan Peterson used to play a significant role in this, uh, radicalization on this pipeline. What about Joe Rogan? Um, Joe Rogan as well. He, uh, I think Joe Rogan is a lot better now at, uh, and, and a lot more careful now. I don't know why, what changed in his mentality. Maybe he started watching like Kyle Kalinsky or numerous other, uh, like David Pac-Man and some other like <sighs> leftists on YouTube, uh, and, and, uh, really changed his mind on the way that, uh, he had guests on, but I mean, Joe Rogan had Milo Annapolis on, mm. and he even had Stefan Molnier on, or Molly me. I, yeah, I don't, I know, I don't that, know how to yeah, say his last yeah. name, whatever. Um, and, and, these are people who have not only worked openly with Nazis and white supremacists. And I mean like Nazis and white supremacists literally like people who call themselves white supremacists or white nationalists um, or have openly admitted that they believe that the white race is superior like Stefan did uh,
4: in that so, famous video where he
0: went to I, Poland. Joe <laughs> would say, um, look. I think he would say something like light or uh, sun sunshine is the best disinfectant, right? Like, let's just talk. Conversation is good. Let's just talk with anybody about anything. Right. Do you agree with that uh, theory? Um.
3: Yes and no. So it's kind of like Alex
0: Jones. Uh, I-, I love Alex Jones. I think
3: it's very entertaining, but it gets to a point where it's dangerous. Right. And the same conversation exists within the Joe Rogan sphere where do I think that we should shut off communication? from every like person that's ever associated with a Nazi? No, of course not. But someone like Joe Rogan with a gigantic platform, in my mind, is not uh, is not being as responsible, and this is one man's opinion. So, uh, you know, that's just my personal opinion. But I think someone like Joe Rogan, when he has someone like uh, Stéphane Molnier on, or even Gavin McGinnis on, and doesn't really push back. And I'm a, I am say this as a fan of Joe Rogan who's been watching him for years. I've met him. I've had conversations with him in the past when he used to be a Young Turks fan. He probably doesn't remember, but it doesn't matter. He was very important for me He'll have his fucking mug uh, in my apartment from like six years ago. I was a huge Joe Rogan fanboy and still watch him regularly. Um, but, but I think that when you're talking to people who are deliberately... Uh, deliberately trying to misinform people and radicalize them towards the alt-right or uh, towards like really just awful irrational uh horrific white supremacist white nationalist ideas then you got to be a little bit more responsible and have the facts and talking points ready uh you have to know what their talking points are so you can accurately and adequately address them otherwise uh, and, and Joe Rogan is great when he's uh, interviewing people. Otherwise, you're just having a polite conversation with them and then you're just normalizing their opinions mm-hmm. or you're even promoting them. And that's the difference between platforming versus like, um, you know, a more contentious interview. What you've done so far when with your playing devil's advocate, even like that is a more adequate way of dealing with that than just having someone like Stefan Molnier on and just being like, yeah, that's cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: You know? Yeah. yeah Jamie, pull that deep video up. <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is there anyone you can think of that should be deplatformed? That currently you, you're you like, man, I cannot believe this dude is allowed to, to continue on. Not really.
3: I mean, I guess, like, the thing that I cannot comprehend is, is uh, Keemstar, where, like, he has... <laughs> He, he's done, like, so much horrible shit, um, and he does associate with uh, people who are definitely on the side of the Nazis, but then portray themselves as centrist from time to time and, like, podcasts and things like that that have already been deplatformed. But, like, I don't want Keemstar to be yeeted off the face of the planet, although that does sound appealing, personally. um, I don't want him to just, like, be... Fucking completely uh, deplatformed i just want him to stop being an asshole Hmm. do you you see what i'm saying i don't think he
1: can though
3: and well part of the reason why he can't is because there is never any there there are never any sort of there's never like a reason for him to Mm because he makes money doing this yeah and he will continue doing it over and over again because he makes money doing it And there is no pushback. Yeah, like there might be some pushback from people who watch him or people who say like, "Oh, fuck you," but he knows how to dance around that. Yeah, he he turns that into
0: content uh, in and of itself. Mm -hmm. He has the Alex Jones. It's like the Alex Jones syndrome where he just he becomes more radical because it's what where he finds the most success.
3: Yeah, profitable. Mm -hmm.
0: And um, but I do think there's a strong argument that he is a, I think a danger to public safety i don't think to the same degree as alex jones who's like for example sending like i remember the family of sandy hook they could they had to like move and shit i mean that's crazy but um yeah 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 he he's definitely an interesting case i mean there's no question that he's a horrible person yeah i just like I don't Is he a horrible know. person? I don't know. I mean like what? is he a horrible person? I mean, uh is how do what do you I make I do think of so. Yeah. yeah.
1: I think so. From I, I, my I personal experience person. with him, yes. <laughs> yes. I can't because, I, I, I from my personal experience, I yeah. cannot point out another person that has the same effects as he does on people hmm. and has had on me personally.
0: Yeah, I try to like I feel like there's not very many truly bad people in the world. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, just like you're a bad person. So I try to, and of course he would deny that. Uh, he thinks he's a good person. So I, I tr- think everyone has the capability of being good, including Keemstar. That is at the
3: center of what I believe. I think I believe in rehabilitation over incarceration. Yeah. I, I believe that uh, our draconian opinion on like uh, our, our draconian understanding of punitive measures is a uh, is genuinely a significant problem in the criminal justice system, but also even in these like. I guess, quote unquote, witch hunts or uh, or, or Internet mob mentality uh, that exists in, in cancel culture and all these things that we talk about. But ultimately, at a certain point, we got to recognize like this dude is not stopping. Like, how do we get him to stop? Mm-hmm. Like, I would much rather be able to have a conversation with him privately, knowing full well that it's not going to be like used or weaponized against me. Uh, in the future, but I can't trust that but mm-hmm. uh, and and be like, dude, why are you doing this like there are different ways that you can still keep making the same money and even probably get admired by a lot more people i wish you were i wish you would stop mm-hmm. that's what I have to say to keemstar
0: like I feel like've we ha- had that please. I've had that conversation with him and he got super defensive and angry it was really frustrating it was after the um ah whatever it doesn't matter.
3: Well, the fact that we even have this conversation uh-huh. now and and once this gets published is going to mean that, like, the crossers are back on me. King Star was actually a, uh, played a significant role in the 9-11 stuff, too. So whenever he says, like, oh, cancel culture is bullshit. Huh. Oh, of course. There is, like, a direct pipeline from it was on LSF. Someone who fucking hates me immediately published it on LSF. Like, literally took a clip, streamed it, like, restreamed the clip so that they could have it on their own so I can't delete it. Published it on LSA, which is a very popular uh, subreddit uh, that, you know, features all of these like live stream fails from Twitch and stuff. Teamstar took it, published it. Every single like right wing, uh, mm. right wing commentator on Twitter highlighted it and was like, how the fuck is this guy still on the platform? I can't believe that they're like, mm-hmm. you know, letting this dude stay on the platform, blah, blah, blah. And then it went all the way to Tucker Carlson's producers. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it was in the Fox News pipeline. So it just circulated through. But that's how it went. Like I could literally track it, like mm-hmm. little pings, um, moving, and and uh, the story gaining momentum, and the outrage building.
0: Yeah.
1: He really has a talent to amplify. Yeah, he does. Uh, <laughs> if someone is having a bad moment, he immediately... He immediately is on top of that and making it time, times worse.
0: But that's kind of his talent, right? It's almost hard to hold him against... hold that against him, but he... The problem with Keemstar is that there's no filters, there's no self-awareness of thinking, like, this is not necessarily so important, and, like, the damage it's gonna do to this person is way worse than like the actual importance of me amplifying this he doesn't have that you know what i mean so so the amplification he is mr cancel culture
3: yeah regardless of whatever his personal <laughs> opinions are or how he presents yeah. himself on cancel culture he is the number one canceler yeah. yeah he literally does cancel culture non-stop yeah. and so do republicans that's why i always i'm like <laughs> that's why I, I always think it's so silly when when uh, liberals are the only people that do cancel culture is like so common on the internet, especially on YouTube, yeah. which certainly has more right-wing content creators than, than left-wing. Yeah. They have so successfully monopolized the marketplace. And, and this narrative is, is just something that everyone just universally agrees on. Now it feels like that leftists and liberals are the ones engaging in cancel culture. And certainly some are, but to think that Republicans don't do well, it they say, nearly as much It's
0: just ridiculous. because if you don't outright say, we need to cancel this guy, that doesn't mean that you're not pro-cancel culture. It's what Keemstar does every day on his show, is like trying to fucking ruin people's lives, I feel like, genuinely. I mean, look how they've gone after Pokimane. That whole yeah. saga has been totally mind-bending to me. Like, yeah. you have saw Leafy's here. He's made 10 videos on her. And her crime, yes. I guess, her crime, I guess, is that, uh, is that he doesn't think she is worthy of her success.
1: And she's if, not beautiful enough. She's
0: not right. She's not beautiful. She's also, not simultaneously, everyone watches her just for her uh, ass. Right. That that's the
3: funny thing is like <laughs> she's not hot, but everyone only watches her for the way she well, looks. So
0: what? And, I mean, he, even if let's just right, accept that like, that's true. I mean, who for so fucking what, dude? So. So yeah. you're you're bitter it's that you don't me. have that competitive advantage.
3: It's not for me. I am capable yeah. of saying, yeah, Pokemon's content, not for me. I don't get, uh, you know, I I, I don't understand uh, like what people see. I think she's a great person in real life, but as a as a broadcaster, like it's not something I'm going to tune into. But then I don't, then again, I don't really tune into a lot of Twitch broadcasts anyway because I'm streaming twelve hours a day, but. But I can move on because I don't think that she's like causing genuine harm against anyone. I don't think she's like out there like no. even against conservatives yeah. and shit. She's not even like even if you were to say she's a liberal or whatever it's not like she's like agitating against conservatives being like conservatives are fucking brain dead like we need to de-platform them anything like that. She's just a person who makes uh, YouTube videos and a person who like plays Minecraft and stuff and it's, it's like and, it's, it's and almost a lot like it's successful. Like,
0: yeah. It's, only, it's like she became so successful, and now somehow it's her fault that people like her. You know what I mean? Uh, yeah. they, they make it her problem that people like her. But beyond that, I, I genuinely think that there's, there's basically like a whole uh, cycle of commentary channels now that all kind of chew out the same topics. Like they find a person to hate and grind into the ground. And then they move on to another one just because I think there's interest in it. Right. I I, I, yeah. I, don't think they actually even believe or care about the things that they say. I think they're just actually you coined a term. I don't know if you coined a term, but I thought it was good. Simp cell.
3: Oh, yeah, I did. I did say that. Yeah. <laughs> simp cells. They're, they're farming simp cells. So what they're doing is there's like a Venn diagram of simps and incels. Like, do people actually exist that are simps? People who are just showering people with endless praise and money with the express purpose of like maybe one day they'll recognize me. Certainly, okay. Parasocial relationships are real on the internet. These people certainly exist, ultimately harmless. And maybe they even get frustrated when uh, they find out that their uh, favorite uh, e celebrity is dating someone else or has a life outside of uh, how they present themselves, right? But that's not the norm for the most part. I think a lot of people are just watching. And then mm-hmm. there are incels who are very agitated at uh, women being able to farm these uh, simps, but it comes from the same place. So what these guys are doing, like Leafy is here and, and any number of other people that like shit on Alinity or shit on Pokemane all they're doing is farming simps for themselves. Mm-hmm. Incel awesome. simps.
0: That's awesome. Yeah. That's just like the I greatest acknowledgement <laughs> ever. It's total simp-seldom. Yeah
3: because it's easy like so the way they say female content creators make a living is really easy because they're just showing off their body and they're being hot Mm -hmm. and then they get showered in donations that's easy okay you know what else is fucking easy being like that chick sucks she's unattractive she's only successful because she's attractive saying that on fucking youtube is not exactly a brave take and then making that video
1: 10 times in a row because exactly. that one video it's did so, well.
0: It's crazy. It's actually crazy. It's almost like I have to say with Leafy, it's I almost impressive the fact that he's been able to make ten videos in a row on the topic, still get like hold of, with, with the, like people are still watching them, and like he's pushing. Like I, I, I mean, he's basically just testing YouTube at this right. point. Yeah, I, I mean, mean, how many videos? Right? What?
3: Aren't they kids, though? Like, I don't think that, like, fully grown adult human beings um, are, like, paying attention to this stuff. It's I would probably, say, like, little
0: kids yeah. watching it. I would say uh, probably, like, 15 to maybe 20 at highest.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think younger than 15.
0: No, that's scary. I hope not. Definitely. I don't know. It, but then it's,
3: like, our reaction itself, our reaction to be like, oh, that's actually pretty bad, contributes to their uh their edgy outlook right like because that's all that's all it is it's like i'm edgy i'm trying to be edgy yeah and when you're fucking 15 you're like that's cool that's edgy yeah because you're trying to find yourself yeah i I know i I, i've definitely done shit like that too like when i was younger so i i I totally get it
0: it's just like it's like nihilism it's like nothing matters no because you 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 know you you're young, you're invincible, you just, it doesn't matter. You, it's nihilism. It really is. I find that to be a, a kind of a thread, a common thread on the internet in general is that caring about anything at all is, uh, <laughs> people just make fun of you for any, anything you care about. But meanwhile, they actually don't stand for uh, beliefs in anything at all, other than shitting on people that actually care to, 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 to say anything, uh, substantial about anything.
3: I would say making ten videos in a row about uh, someone like Pogeyman—that's you, you care, dude. Maybe <laughs> you care a little too much, dude. You, you gotta fucking figure it out. But, but it you. works,
0: right? That's what's crazy. It fucking is working yeah. for him. So let's see. I but mean, it's
3: just like Keemstar, when he says uh, I, he hates cancel culture, but then literally exclusively oh, makes yeah. money off of doing cancel culture—that's yeah. yeah. that's how they make money. Like this is how they and and they're extremely hypocritical.
0: Yeah, and then yeah. I you gotta love Keemstar saying that I invented uh, uh, going off going sponsor. after sponsors, man.
3: Yeah, no, that that's certainly never. Which existed is by the way the
0: did. one time I've ever done that, and he's done it dozens of times and still does it even after making that claim. Like, he was tagging elenity Eliz- sponsors on Twitter and shit. It's like, I've done that once in a, in a situation that I felt was entirely justified. And he does it actively all the fucking time. Yeah.
3: And he, um, it I worked. Think, again, we, it's because we're all content creators and we're all afraid of that happening to us. So mm-hmm. that's why it's like, that's why, because of that, it's it's kind of like an unwritten rule that you don't, fuck up anybody else's bag because it might come back to you as uh, Moist Critical uh, pointed out on his video but at the same time it's like well what if you get the fucking sea of hate uh, Mm -hmm. from people like Keemstar nonstop who then also do go after your fucking sponsors yeah, or definitely play a significant role in your deplatforming or even uh, play a significant role in you losing your sponsors as a consequence of his like endless sea of attention or endless focus uh, shitting oh, on you yeah. and, and finding your worst moments I mean, out of context, whatever. Somebody like, made. Somebody made. How it. do you deal with that then?
0: Yeah. so what, This one guy made a really good point. What, it was a phase Ruggs' brother who came had on a parade of women accusing him of sexual impropriety, and then he goes, he goes, dude, how am I ever supposed to get a sponsor? Or maybe it was actually. Sorry, it was um, it was KSI's brother, Deji. Deji? Yeah, it was Deji. He says, how am I ever supposed to get a sponsor? when the first thing that pops up when you type my name is all this horrible shit you say about me.
3: Yeah. No, that's, that's the hilarious way that Keemstar uh, is, is, like, very hypocritical on cancel culture and shit because he, this is his entire... This is how he makes his money. By shitting on people and eliminating sponsorship opportunities for themselves while simultaneously acting like he is anti-cancel culture yeah. or anti-going after people's sponsors. It's bullshit. Um, and that's why I'm like, if you truly are fearful of like an innocent person uh, getting their sponsorship removed, then you should absolutely be against Keemstar. Like 100 percent. You should be like, what the fuck, dude? You mm-hmm. do this all the time. That's what you does. constantly deliberately misrepresent people's positions and and misinform your audience and go after people. And, and then you, you're going to sit here and act like you're the only one who doesn't care about sponsorships uh, getting taken yeah, away. Like, to you, you don't. Want that.
1: Well, it's refreshing to have this kind of conversation and just to hear you also seeing all this stuff that we're seeing because sometimes it just feels like no one will talk about it. Yeah, it's the, yeah it,
3: because people are afraid that they're going to yeah. come after them. Just yeah. like I'm sure that after seeing this, Keemstar will come after me as yeah. he has in the past. And say like you fucking suck. And he has. He has come after me in the past successfully and has gotten me deplatformed, which is why I think it's hilarious when he talks <laughs> about being deplatformed or cancel culture. Everyone does this. I had I have people, I have, you know, fifteen <clears throat> to seventeen thousand concurrent live viewers every day at my peak when I'm streaming, and I talk about polarizing political concepts, and I'm willing to engage people in discussion all the time in my chat. You can write whatever the fuck you want and a lot of people will bait stuff mm-hmm. personally to draw like a uh, to elicit a certain kind of response out of me just so they can clip it yeah. and then post it and try to get me banned. This is something I have to deal with on a daily basis. These people are on the right for the most part. They mm-hmm. fucking hate me. They're on the right. They try to get me banned, they mass report all the time and and then they turn around and act like they themselves Never engage in cancel culture mm. or yeah. hate cancel culture. Or that when they're, they're just all
0: pro free speech. That yeah. they just want to have con- yeah. productive conversations and stuff. But that—that's just that's never the case. That's just never the case.
1: I mean, that's been happening to us already all oh, the time yeah. with the podcast. Which yeah, is that's I mean. why. Yeah, I was pretty surprised by their, everyone's reaction after ethan going after a sponsor it's like it, we've been dealing with this all the time yeah, people, people are, are trying to cancel you every day pretty much since we well, just, just give them a soundbite that's gonna be a little bit like extreme and that's it they spam it to all the sponsors they spam it to everyone i gotta say like
0: i, I don't necessarily blame the sponsors because they're not going to spend the time to familiarize themselves but like yeah. the people that send the sponsors this stuff are not even customers and it's so right. easy to f- tell that these people don't give a fuck about the product and they will never care or support that brand anyway. Like, yeah, uh, ugh, they're risk averse. They're, they're yeah. risk averse. Yeah. They, no they have no and, reason. They have no reason to stick their neck out.
1: No. And also
3: not. like they, they're brand. It's branding, right? So they present themselves in a completely unrealistic way as a brand. So in that unrealistic way, <laughs> you don't ever want to associate yourself with someone who has fucked up Because. Fuck-ups do not exist in the branding world, yeah. right? So that's, that's also the other part of this equation. The other part of this problem is like, like some people do genuinely fuck up from time to time. Mm-hmm. And um, I think everyone should be a little bit more understanding. But if you are literally routinely doing this and
0: making money off of it, like, please stop.
3: Yeah. Please, just don't. Please, just please stop doing it. That's, that's what I have to say.
0: <laughs> I know your time is limited. I ha- want to ask you about one other issue before I let you go. Okay. Um, Taylor Green just won a house seat in Georgia. Who is a openly pro QAnon conspiracy theorist? Oh yeah. Okay. I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, this shit is like. I mean, are you worried about She's this gone. stuff? Here, let me pull up this article. I don't know how to say her first name. Marjorie. Um, Marjorie. Oh, Marjorie. Okay. Marjorie Taylor Green. Yes. Um. So she. My she, God. She. Um. Here, I'll pull up a video of her. Just so you guys can see briefly what I'm doing.
5: Okay. This is her. Now,
0: She's an um, elected representative to the House.
5: I don't know uh, how much you guys know about Q. It's, it's an anonymous person. All right, so um, Q is a patriot. We know that a Facebook for sure. mom talking
0: about Q and 4chan. I mean, what?
5: We do not know who Q is, okay? So now the question is, I'm I'm going to talk about this, and I'm going to tell you, I don't know who Q is. This is
0: 30 but, minutes long. I'm just uh, going to I'm not tell watch you about the whole thing, it because I is,
5: think it's something worth listening to and paying attention to. Okay, and the reason why is because many of the things that he has given clues about and talked about on four chan. Can you, and can you imagine forums, this woman
0: on four chan? As a uh, Facebook mom. Surfing 4chan. I don't
1: understand. (laughs) 4chan.
5: There's a couple of things that happened. One of them was uh, when Q signs off, he puts three little crosses in a row. Three little crosses. And that's how he signed off. Now, he signed off with three crosses in a row um, on November 6th and within a matter of minutes president trump in his tweet right after that on november 6th he put uh it was seven minutes later trump put three little crosses on his tweet and it it was not it it was it was just more than a coincidence it was really interesting
0: wow i wonder how could this cue know like actually influence donald trump's tweets or know what he's going to tweet that's
3: epic she's out of her mind, which of course is expected because I think the Republican Party has like gotten further and further radicalized in, in the past like 20, 30 years, especially. Um, you had the Tea Party people, hmm. and now Tea they Party is norm. Is the norm.
0: Tea Party seems too The Tea Party
3: looks normal on. by comparison. Yeah. Tea Party also AstroTurf by the Koch brothers, by the way, uh and and numerous of their numerous other like subsidiaries um that Wait, was normalized I, 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 there's I, I, the freedom caucus now in the house that's a literal legitimate republican uh entity that is that ba- that is full of tea party members and now they're like tea party's not enough it's actually a deep state pedophile conspiracy that only mm-hmm. donald trump is fighting against no one else even if you are a republican and you find yourself suspiciously against Donald Trump on an, any given issue then boom you're a pedophile too. You're a pedophile now. Everyone's a pedophile. <laughs> I, isn't it, I just Trump, I uh, find it so
0: against... bizarre that that Trump is their their white knight, their savior. The dude who just openly admits to cruising into uh changing rooms of Miss America so he could see underage girls changing. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I mean, what the yeah. hell? How how is Donald Trump the anti-pedophile? The guy was on Howard Stern like 20 times raiding women and just, like, being a huge, like, uh, womanizer.
3: Well, okay, well, none of that, in my mind, none of that, I think, shows that he's a pedophile. And I don't even know I don't if Donald, think Donald Trump's, a, Trump's pedophile. a pedophile. I don't <laughs> think he is. But, but the funny part about it is, like, he has said Jeffrey Epstein. Like, he has videos of Jeffrey Epstein. He's been around Jeffrey Epstein. Mm-hmm. Jeffrey Epstein openly and very famously... Um, recruited off of Mar-a-Lago, uh, Virginia Jeffrey, who is uh, one of the most famous uh, victims and one of the most vocal victims of Jeffrey Epstein's uh, horrific crimes. And Donald Trump has even said at the time in a Vanity Fair profile, Jeffrey Epstein likes some young like I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. like, great quote. You know, there's just there's enough breadcrumbs there for you to be like, that's a little sus. If mm-hmm. your entire <laughs> worldview is shaped around being skeptical, yeah, that like, there is a international conspiracy of pedophiles. Then you have to recognize that it is a little, it is a little suspicious that Donald Trump may or may not have known about this, or even said, "I wish her well" about uh, mm-hmm. Maxwell. uh about Gislaine Maxwell yeah. uh, when he found out about it. Like, I know her, I know her from you know uh, Palm Beach. I wish her well. Like, all this stuff is not enough for them to be skeptical of Donald Trump. I, I understand why you would think Bill Clinton is a totally. Uh, fully knew what, what the fuck Jeffrey Epstein was doing. I totally get that. I think that's 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 more than reasonable to think that Bill Clinton did some really such shit, okay? He's on the flight logs. He he knew, I mean, just like J- 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 Maxwell was in Chelsea Clinton's wedding. All this stuff tracks, right? Would you to invite make people a human freak out
0: to your wedding. Out. That's crazy.
3: Yeah, like that that definitely tracks. It, I mean, she also worked with the Clinton Foundation too, just like Maxwell did. Huh. Um yeah, until like 2016, I believe. So, like they knew hmm. and they were still working with them and and did not care, I guess, at the very least. But how do you not also assume like Donald Trump is partially kind of uh,
0: in well, they
3: say in a suspicious ground, let's say, to say the mm-hmm. least. And these guys definitely don't even need any evidence to (laughs) declare someone a pedophile. So you
0: look at all this evidence and say, I don't know, not Donald Trump. I'm always captivated by how the ration rationalization is. I mean, Trump said, I'm going to read this 12 because it's great. He says, I've known Jeff for 15 years. Terrific guy. He's a lot of fun to be with. It's even said he likes beautiful women as much as I do. And many of them are on the younger side. No doubt. No doubt about it jeffrey enjoys his social life i mean what the yeah. fuck kind of statement is even that to make on record yeah. like holy shit yeah this guy definitely did not ever plan to be president that's for sure <laughs> <laughs> oh but, for sure uh, but um i think they just fight by saying well he disassociated once once it all came out
3: yeah no he's a he's a white hack uh, he's a, sorry he's a white hat pedophile <laughs> like a, like a white hat hacker. He's just, he's one of the good ones. He, he intercepted and did a little bit of pedophilia so that he could uncover the pedophile ring. That's what, that's, that's what tracks. That's what makes sense of the minds of QAnon people, I guess. I don't know. It's, it's crazy. Do international sex trafficking rings exist? Certainly do. I mean, 800,000 kids get uh, uh, kids go missing a year or something crazy like that. Like it's an insane number worldwide. Okay, um, there's definitely sex trafficking. There's, I believe, there is more slavery now on the planet than than there was at the peak of like chattel slavery. It's different circumstances, different uh, uh, different conditions, but it's still slavery still very much exists. Kidnapping, human trafficking, very much exists. Is there sexual degeneracy and perversion all around and like especially in in places of uh, influence? Certainly, but like. It's not being operated out of a, a fucking a, a pizza restaurant in Washington, D.C. You know yeah. what I mean? It's not
0: being trafficked
3: through Wayfair, like a drop shipping website <laughs> where you could accidentally fucking purchase a child, I guess. Like, that's silly. That's incredibly silly. Although and there I have are... to
0: say the fact that there's a possibility that the Clintons knew what he was up to and still associated with him, is kind of scary, because he was the fucking president. And Oh, no, it is very scary. And Hillary Clinton, obviously, was a secretary of state, super connected. Um, That is kind of conspiratorial, isn't it?
3: Yeah, no, that's the... So, here's how I describe conspiracy theories, and I talk about this a lot, because I'm fascinated with conspiracy theories. Love Alex Jones. Um, And Jeffrey Epstein is one of them where I, like, at least... At the very least, entertain, and and definitely yeah. think that he probably did not uh, kill himself and was, quote unquote, suicided. Yeah. But in the overwhelming majority of uh, conspiracy theories, there are far too many moving parts to hide uh, such a vast and grand conspiracy. Like flat earthers, they believe that well, uh, yeah. the earth is flat. And, uh, and the motivations for it are really insignificant and weird and inconsequential. Like, they would just want to hide the truth from you. But then every single scientist, uh, you know, people who fly planes, like just like anyone, and everyone has to be in on the conspiracy. That's millions, hundreds of millions of people who are every single day lying to you. And you might have started off with a grain of truth or maybe like a shred of skepticism where it's well-deserved when you think about flat earthers, like the earth feels fucking flat. Um, <laughs> you have to suspend your belief in so many completely wow. reasonable yeah. things that exist in our everyday existence. And the same goes for all these other conspiracies, like 9-11 um, or, or the JFK assassination. There's always going to be misinformation out there and we're never going to know what the full truth of the matter is. And that's what leads people to like lose their lose their mind usually, like because they don't know this world, this like world changing event happened, and now you don't fucking know, you don't know why it happened, and you need to make sense of the senseless. And there are a lot of these grifters out there who just give you little puzzle pieces. It's like religion; it helps you contextualize something that is um, impossible to to contextualize otherwise, and comes across as meaningless, even though it's a really impactful event. Mm -hmm. and the human mind works that way where you're like come on i need a puzzle piece for this and that's what QAnon does and that's what all these conspiracy theorists do i just never thought that it would be uh this successful and this quickly
0: Mm -hmm. i mean i wonder in a in a weird way like fascism is almost like operating by mainstream conspiracy i mean look at the propaganda the nazis peddled is that the jews have destabilized the world every major war every destabilizing factor was backed by the jews i mean if somebody said that today that would be held as like like wow that is fucking out there dude but they somehow made that a mainstream belief and so well they they have different substitutes for that they say cultural marxism which is nearly
3: identical to cultural bolshevism which is what the nazis used to say they that that whole like frankfurt school propaganda uh, anti-Semitic propaganda is directly associated with more common versions of that, that you can hear from any number of different, uh, conservatives, not just conspiracy theorists, but conservatives, because it comes from the same place. Um, they don't openly say it's the Jews that are single-handedly and solely responsible for it, but they'll just say, oh, it's the Frankfurt school that is, um, you know, that is responsible for our college campuses being so left-leaning. And, uh, and they're teaching Marxism to our kids. Um, it's at the heart of every ideology, and fascism is just another, uh, form of that.
0: What do you um, make of the whole George but, Soros fascination? I mean, like, that's sh- that's. Sh- I mean, he's
3: a billionaire. He's a weird guy. Yeah, dude. He, he he's strikes a fucking me as, billionaire. <laughs>
0: he just strikes me as every- a very typical billionaire. He makes a yeah. lot of money. He's a hedge fund manager. He donates a lot of money to charities. Uh, he's done some shitty stuff and that's pretty much how you describe any billionaire. Yeah.
3: And, and I think some of that, again, never forget, there's always a shred of truth in all of these conspiracy theories and that, uh, that is, that's at the heart of the conspiracy theory that they then tack on 17 different layers of like psychopathic (laughs) nonsense, right? So, um, The heart of the truth with the George Soros matter is a 1998 60 Minutes interview where George Soros answers a question about whether or not he collaborated with Nazis in a really weird way. But -hmm. he was fucking 14 years old in the end of the war, and he's a Holocaust survivor whose family was, uh, you know, his family got killed. He was trying to fucking live. They try to incorrectly claim, including Marjorie Greene, that he collaborated with the Nazis. George Soros did not collaborate with the Nazis. What is it he said? But in that 1998 interview... He said something along the lines of do I don't feel bad at all about my actions personally uh, during the Holocaust and that um, anyone in that he? situation could have done exactly the same thing. And there's like one error with the one uh, instance of that interview where it's like conflicting, but he immediately clarifies it where because um, the interviewer says, did you uh, work with Nazis to confiscate Jewish properties? And He's like, no. I did not, um, but in a way to survive, I think uh, he he portrayed himself as as uh, not Jewish, which many people did at the time mm-hmm. that survived the Holocaust, and he was nine years old in the beginning uh, when the Nazi party took power and 14 by the end of it, so it's fucking ridiculous to assume that he had any sort of blame for can anything, you imagine, regardless, first of all, as
0: a child. Can you imagine how fucking, like, just evil you have to be to accuse someone who lived through the Holocaust at the ages of 9 to 13, of collaborating with the Nazis, when you mm-hmm. were fighting to survive, your whole family was, was exterminated. And to now, as a man who's come so far, to accuse him of collaborating with the Nazis, I mean, that that's like digging so deep. It's so fucking vile. I mean, that's yeah. just demonic. And Marjorie
3: Green said that, by the way. She literally asserted that uh, multiple times. Uh, among numerous other psychotic things that she believes in. And now she is, uh, he is potentially going to be a congressperson. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's the George Soros stuff is like pretty crazy. But again, the shred of truth in every conspiracy theory is that as a billionaire, he has an immense amount of power, mm-hmm. just like every other fucking billionaire does. Mm-hmm. But like, it's not because he's Jewish. It's because he's a fucking billionaire. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like, and that's what every billionaire does. And now they're like kind of moving away from George Soros, even though it's the heart of every conspiracy theory regardless. But like now they're attacking Bill Gates. But it's not because Bill Gates wants to fucking put RFID chips in your in your bloodline through vaccinations. It's because he's a billionaire who absolutely motivates politicians to act a certain way that corresponds to his personal world worldview or personal ideology or immediate profits. When it comes to deregulation, for example,
0: have you seen like, Bill Gates' so house? It's so silly. Um, no, I have not. Is it oh, massive, bro? Dude, you got. Let me just show you. I want to show you Bill Gates' house before you leave. Uh, it's insane, okay. bro. It's it's the craziest thing I've ever seen. He goes. I remember. Well, I saw him in an interview once, and they goes. They're asking about like how he spends his money. He goes. I'm I'm for the most part pretty modest. I, I splurged on a nice house. I'll say that. I just I got myself a nice house. <laughs> Oh, Dan! Can you show this to?
3: Is it the $154 million yeah. one fifty-four million dollar Yeah, Bill Gates' mega
0: house. You gotta look at this shit, bro. That's
3: not a house. That's a campus.
0: No, yeah, it <laughs> yeah, is exactly. exactly. <laughs> it is. Um, it's it's f- so crazy. I've never seen anything like it.
1: Wait, yeah. what are you gonna
3: do with all that? Yeah, I, I just, know. It's I'll just never... him and
0: his family, and they like it's. I mean, but there you go. I guess when you're When you're worth a hundred billion dollars, then his property taxes are only a million. I mean, (laughs) sounds like (laughs) a lot, I guess, but if you look at the house, my goodness. It's just, it's so insane, (laughs) dude. This house is really fucking over the top. I mean, I have a nice house, okay? So obviously people are going to say, you think you've got a nice house. you hypocrite. But this is a hundred and fifty four million dollar house it's Uh, so
3: funny that that mentality that would criticize you for saying like someone has a crazy house um from the eyes of like a random person who's living in an apartment even like myself for example having owning a like a really nice house is crazy it's wild it's like a a signifier of wealth but why the fuck would i spend time criticizing you for it when there are people who could put your house inside of their house easily Mm -hmm. and a lot of them And they have even a lot more money than that. That's just like a splurging
0: for them. It's like a fraction
3: of their overall wealth.
0: I mean, 154 million compared to like 100 billion is like a fraction of a percent.
3: Yeah, it's nothing. And I can't even understand that number. It's so
0: crazy. Yeah, Jeff Bezos cruised into LA, bought the most expensive house that's ever been sold in the city for 150 million. And uh, you're like, wow, that's a lot of money. But then. You realize he's worth like one hundred and eighty billion, and that that to him I mean, is like he maybe 13,
3: he added thirteen billion in a single day in the at
0: the peak of the pandemic. Yeah, as well. <laughs> so like, come on, Dan, can you do some stats for me? Were what, you were you what, what, um... what per, on, Dan? What percent of one hundred and eighty billion is one hundred and fifty million?
1: Uh, let's see. How do you even? all now all those zeros it's a lot
0: of zeros hold on 180 billion that's what what he's worth i think about 100... 180 billion. yeah uh eight percent no way it's eight percent no it's worth 188 uh billion dollars it's not eight percent it's an eighth of a percent maybe All right, let me get on the—we gotta—we gotta crunch the numbers here. The, it's at
3: 150 million out of 180 billion, right?
0: It's not—there—yeah, uh, dude, Matt, just, like, think, like, 150 is a tenth of one billion. And you're doing that 180 times.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. It's because my calculator did the
2: scientific notation of, uh, you know, exponent negative four. So move the decimal points four over. My bad. Okay, so, that'd so be then— what? So then right, so that's yeah, a uh, point um, zero
4: zero zero eight percent.
0: Yeah,
3: and then,
4: and then
0: so I wonder. If, I
2: didn't catch that. It's such uh-huh. a big number that the calculator glitched uh. out.
3: At a certain point, this goes, uh, this changes from pocket watching, uh, which is the the more common form, into like a disastrous outcome of policy that has allowed this kind of abundant mm-hmm. wealth accumulation for people who have so much power if you don't want to even think about it from the point of view as like um you know they earned it they worked that hard yeah uh it's their money they can do whatever they want with it or even if you don't want to think about it from the point of view of like sheer like because it's not liquid right it's tied to their properties it's tied to uh, their their market value right mm-hmm. a lot of jeff bezos wealth mm-hmm. is it's tied to like amazon stocks and things like that even if you don't want to think about it as like liquid <clears throat> capital or, or liquid cash, pure yeah. cash, what you have to c- comprehend it as is like power. Mm-hmm. That person had that much power over uh, an, in, an entire company, a corporation that he himself uh, built, along with many other people uh, on his side, that uh, that now has power over millions of people's lives. And yeah. the, the example I use when I'm talking about billionaires is is monarchies, right? Back in the day, we had theocratic monarchies. The king deserved to be the king because God told us that he deserved to be the king, and his lineage deserved to be uh, kings as well, right? Why? Because God. Well, you can't go against God. God exists, and he's telling us that this person has to be the king. And the reason why people were upset with monarchies was because they were not benevolent, even if they portrayed themselves to be benevolent. They were not benevolent, and they had so much power concentrated in the hands of the few. There was a lot of wealth concentrated in their hands, and therefore there was a lot of power concentrated in their hands. Now, under a capitalist structure of the economy, a capitalist uh, way that we have organized our economy, we still have an insane amount of wealth and power concentrated in the hands of a few people, but our justification for that isn't God. Now it's meritocracy. Well, that person worked very hard because that person deserves to have that kind of wealth. And we fail to recognize that having that kind of wealth and power concentrated in the hands of one person comes with a million different issues, Mm -hmm. some of which we experience on a daily basis, because wealth never gets accumulated or never gets created alone. Not J.K. Rowling, not Jeff Bezos. No one has ever been able to make Billion dollars on their own, it is it is by way of working with hundreds, if not hundreds of thousands of people. It's because of diversity of uh, of labor and and uh, the way that our uh, the way that our production lines, our supply chains are are created, uh, oftentimes exploiting the uh, the third world countries and developing nations. There are so many people that factor into your wealth accumulation that go completely overlooked mm-hmm. in most circumstances. And, and that's how you have someone like Jeff Bezos with what, 100, mil, $100 billion and many people suffering in horrific conditions around the world, especially even in America.
1: What did you think about Andrew Yang's um, ideas? Like, for example, that we should get a data check in the mail for...
0: Oh, you want to get paid for your data? Mm-hmm. You want to get paid for your data? I think
3: that's a, that's a strange... Weirdly, unnecessarily technocratic approach to it. I, I think that, look, um, you know, I think Karl Marx has some good ideas and some bad ideas. Okay, uh, he's it's too old, it's two hundred years old, so obviously, like, there's going to be some issues. I think the problem is the way that uh, wealth gets distributed in the way that we produce commodities. That's, I think, at the heart of the, the problem, not like being paid for our data or not like having redistributive government programs that like take some money, shave some of the profits off the top of these corporations and like try to redistribute it back to the people. I think that the real problem at the heart of this uh, matter, comes from the way that labor works in this country or or, uh, on, on this planet right now. You work for someone else. They take a, a big chunk of the additional value that you produce and they pocket it in the form of profit. And everyone thinks that that is completely reasonable. I, to some degree, understand why that would be reasonable. But I think that we have to be able to push back and have some kind of negotiation power to be able to take some of that profit and give it back to the workers who have generated that profit.
0: So mm. your, your stance is not necessarily raising taxes. It's more just increasing uh, wages in, in short.
3: Oh, short term and long term goals, yes. Like my short term goals are let's let's change America into Norway. Let's let's make Nor- America Norway tomorrow.
0: And I think that's pretty reasonable. And that means more okay. unions, higher wages, better social net, higher taxes for the most part. Yeah. Actually, what that means, I think, is is more taxes on the middle class too, even there would be
3: a higher percentage of taxes on the middle class as well, but the many benefits that you get from it. Uh, would make up for it. Like, even Bernie Sanders' signature policy with Medicare for all, uh this this is a conversation that a lot of people brought up where they were like, well, what the fuck? Middle class might get taxed more. Yeah, but you end up paying nothing when it comes to health care. You think and it's a net that sp- It nets tremendous. saving
0: you more money.
1: Mm-hmm. Oh, of course.
0: It literally does. Um, I mean, this is the only country it, it,
1: that people go bankrupt, right, over health matters.
0: Yeah, that shit's yeah.
1: wild as fuck. So.
3: Like, a right-wing think tank uh, published a study to show how how large of a number, how costly Medicare for All would be. This was a Koch-funded study. That number arrived, at, that number that they arrived at if Medicare for All was implemented in America was $30 trillion in the next 10 years. That's a crazy amount of money. That's like, whoa, $30 trillion. And then what we also found out in that same study hidden was the Current, If the current way continued with Obamacare and the marketized healthcare structure that we currently have, that would cost America $32 trillion because of all the out-of-pocket costs that we're paying in Hmm. the next 10 years. So right now, our healthcare system is insanely inflated, insanely expensive, and putting it in the hands of a a single entity, much like many of these other nations have been able to successfully do without burning uh, the entire country into the ground. I don't think anyone thinks that Canada is on fire right now because of their uh, socialized medicine structure. That's what the suggestion was, but it was too radical for Americans is to just have socialized medicine and uh, you might have to pay a little bit more out of pocket. If you're in the middle class, not a lot more, but uh, the many benefits that you get, like the the freedom of movement, like you're not going to be afraid. You can just change your job. Or even lose your job without the fear that you're no longer going to be able to pay for healthcare, and then get, you know, bankrupted if you, if you have a fucking nail that you want to pull out, uh, or or if you stub your toe, you can go to the doctor, that sort of thing. That is tremendous. I think that's a worthwhile bargain. And but, so
0: that's currently what we have in in countries like Norway. So then, that's your phase one. What's your what's your ultimate goal there?
3: I think my. I think my ultimate goal is to ensure that um, there is as little exploitation as possible uplifting other nations around the world um, globally at the global level. Like I want to I want to handle income inequality and wealth disparity in this country and then also handle income and wealth inequality worldwide. Do you believe in borders? um, In a in a perfect society? No, of course not. I think it would be I think we would be much better off if we didn't have any borders. But again, that's not realistic right now, and that's not even realistic in the near future. So what I believe ideally is, yes, a borderless, uh, internationalist, humane society, but that's not necessarily something we can do
0: now. you got to raise up the the other countries so that they're all equally desirable places to live.
3: And right Mm -hmm. now we have no motivation to do so because... Why would we? We, we want to exploit their... We want to exploit the working poor in Indonesia as much as we can to keep getting fucking $2 t-shirts, you know?
0: Yeah. Although, I guess if you look at the, the global poverty, has that disparity has closed quite a bit in the past... Uh, in the past, you know, couple decades, right?
3: A lot of that is technological uh, advancements, like technology constantly growing and constantly developing does improve people's material conditions quite a bit, but that's inevitable in in most circumstances, unless there's like complete societal collapse. Like it's just a, it's just a never ending expansion of technology and, and technological achievements. And by the way, that's not tied to the profit motive necessarily. If that was the case, then the USSR would not have been able to beat us to the, uh, the space, um, in the space race, if that was purely backed by profit motive, you know what I'm saying, or even build like cell phones in the way that we understand it originally.
0: So, uh, Hassan, in, in closing, what what have we learned here today? That um, g- uh, pull the guillotine out. <laughs> no, no, not at <laughs> all. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no, I. No. I, yeah. People, I, um, people do you claim
3: that? Though. They, they think I want to the No, I do. I there. personally
0: look. I, I, I wonder why. Ju- I, I, I personally find it refreshing to see that there's actually people saying what you're saying, um, uh, on the internet. You know, I I find that that it's nice to see that the that there's more than just conservative voices out there, and I can't think of many others really that that have found such a, a strong. Flourishing community, so I congratulate you on that, Mm -hmm. and I'm happy to see it. Thank Um, you. and um, I think it's really cool. I wonder why... uh, I hope to see you on, like, Joe Rogan sometime, so that, like... That'd be great, but I I feel like that's never gonna happen. But I wonder why not, because like, I feel like he's gotta even... I don't think Joe is intentionally uh, doing anything. I think he really is a, a whole a wholesome dude who just wants to have conversations with people. But I do think he's, there's way more conservative voices, right? Than liberal voices. It seems like, or at least radical conservative.
3: And that's, that's like kind of changing now for sure. But I Mm. think it's just like who Joe associates with.
1: Yeah. And even that's
3: changing.
0: Yeah.
3: Even that's actually changing recently. Like, um, I think that he's really, he's really changed. Like the, the types of people that he's having on his show For a a lot of issues, I've always respected the fact that he does push back on certain things, though, like, for example, his personal experience growing up in poverty absolutely is the reason why he's so quick to be like, you're wrong when it comes to someone like Dave Rubin saying, well, libertarianism could uh, solve all of our problems if, you know, we just had a Yelp review for contractors. He's like, no, (laughs) that would never work. And the only reason why he knows that is because he has grown up in that space and he, he's aware of it or the way that he can accurately talk about how your socioeconomic condition factors into your life choices. And it's not just about personal responsibility. So someone needs to just connect the dots for him a little bit. But he's he's like nearly there. And I think his heart is in the right place on, on yeah, I do too. a,
0: mm-hmm. a I lot that's of issues. Why he's, he's so popular. But there you have but, it. Uh, yeah. ha- Hassan pecker in the words of alex jones <laughs> no piker you can find him on twitch you can find him on youtube you can find him on uh, twitter but mostly twitch that's where your that's where your people yeah are. you see i'm live you, every day on twitch and you stream like 11 for hours. ungodly hours too how do you stream for 12 hours a day i mean what in I god's just, name
3: i have no life <laughs> i literally just don't have life i i, I like I was no in it beforehand anyway. <laughs> and then look, in the beginning of the pandemic, like when we were forcing a quarantine, I just had nothing. And then in the middle of it, my my dog passed away. Oh uh, my he God. had cancer. Yeah. So this is like the
0: only that's sad. this uh, was
3: like the only being in my life. I'm like far away from everyone. Can't see anybody. Um, And so I just started streaming even more than I did as a way to escape, you know, and like to, to have some organization in my life. Uh, so that there was something I was doing every day when I woke up, because mm. otherwise I was like, I don't know what the fuck I would have
0: done. Mm.
3: Um, but yeah, that was a big reason why I was just, like, streaming 10-12 hours
0: a day, and I've just kept it up. Because I enjoy it. You seem to be, like, the biggest non... Non-gaming? Non-gaming streamer, is that true? Or maybe, yeah. maybe among the top? I don't know. I'm not super I think
3: I, I think I am, but I mean, I game, too. I I, I play variety uh games. Dude. So I'm not, like... I'm not like only one game. I don't play only one game. Um, I play, I'm playing Dark Souls right now, but some hacker just corrupted my entire save file, which is what i was trying to preserve. What do that?
1: Oh, no. what?
3: Yeah, Dark Souls is like a, like a multiplayer component so they can invade your planet, <laughs> uh, invade your game, and then literally just like pump you full of like these, these like crazy items. And usually that would brick your entire game or your save file. In, in my situation, I alt-f-forward before he, like, pumped my entire inventory full of shit. But uh, now every time I get into conflict, every time I get into, like, a battle in the game, it just says dummy over and over again. Spams dummy on my uh, page. Oh, what, God. Not... <laughs> Dude,
0: Dark Souls is a crazy... That whole multiplayer scene on Dark Souls is wild as hell.
3: Yeah, I love that shit. I'm such <laughs> a fan of From Software, but
0: it's very frustrating. Well, uh... Wish you the best. I wish you lots of luck, everybody. You know where to find him. Thank you for the conversation. I disavow everything you said, and uh, and uh, I disavow you as an Islamist. <laughs> Thanks. Thanks for having <laughs> me on. Okay. Yeah. All right, dude. Thanks for chatting. Thank you. Luck.